0: He contacted them himself early yesterday evening and was taken into custody. Three men arrested on Wednesday evening and another arrested yesterday morning are still being questioned.
1: The former boss of Marks & Spencer, Sir Stuart Rose, is going to becoming become an advisor for the NHS in England, concentrating on 14 trusts in special measures, including Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust. He'll act as a mentor for senior managers and advise the government on how to attract the best leaders from both the public and private. private. Private sectors. Forecasters say there will be more heavy rain today, raising the risk of further flooding in areas where the ground is already saturated. There are currently 17 severe flood warnings in place across the Thames Valley, Somerset, and Gloucestershire. Firefighters in Hertfordshire rescued an elderly and disabled man from a car stuck in floodwater at St Paul's Walden near Hitchin yesterday afternoon. A boat was severely damaged by fire on the Grand Union Canal in Bletchley last night. The river cruiser was moored by Stoke Road. Firefighters and the Water Rescue Unit were called just before 8.15. The fire service say everyone was accounted for. A couple from Buckinghamshire who are getting married in Scotland today say they've been worried they might not make it. Chris Watts and Joe King from Maids Morton have been travelling to Gretna Green despite flooding, closed roads and trains not running. Chris says so far it's been one disaster after another.
2: Well, it wasn't the best run-up to a wedding you could ask for. (laughs) Um, I think the plan was I I look after all the wedding, do all the planning for that, and then Joe walks the dog. Um, But she broke around walking the dog three days before we
1: get married. (laughs) The American actor Ralph Waite, who played the father in the 1970s TV series The Waltons, has died. He was 85. In sport, Team GB are on course for a first gold medal at the Winter Olympics as Lizzie Yarnold goes into the second day of the women's skeleton with almost a half-second lead over the rest of the field. And Bedford Rugby Club's match at Ealing tonight is subject to a midday pitch inspection. The weather, more heavy rain expected to spread northwards through the day. Gales as well, a maximum temperature 11 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
3: Thank you, Simon. Excellent stuff as always. We're really in the Friday groove this morning. Catherine is um, doing that funny head dance that J-Lo and my wife can do. And Kelly Betts is not really paying attention to anything at all. Morning, Kelly! Huh? Yeah, we go, you see. It's Friday. Now, normally, I say lots to talk about on the show. Naughty children, trapped terriers, and we set off a maca bomb. It's 80s maca It's Mull of Kintyre for the 1980s. It's the greatest lost Paul McCartney song from the mid-1980s coming up this morning. Facebook.com forward slash bbc 3 cr 81333, start your text 3CR. Or, for goodness sakes, pick up your phone, you lazy sausages, and give me a call. 08459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC
4: Three Counties Radio.
3: Morning, sleepy eyes!
5: your heart on the line, on those days I'll reach, cause unlike other guys I'll
3: Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, new research suggests teachers have been dealing with an increase in badly behaved primary school pupils in the last five years, and the figures for secondary schools aren't that much better either. The Teacher Support Network says the situation means staff are more likely to suffer stress and depression that could affect their ability to teach. Well, in a moment we'll hear from Jess Edwards, co-coordinator uh, of the Charter for Primary Education. But first, let's talk to former teacher Dr Neil Hawkes, who's the founder of the International Values Education Trust. Morning, Neil. Good morning, Ian. Neil, this is
6: a, it's a relatively small survey, but does it paint a picture that you'd recognise? Um, yes, I think it does. Um, Increasingly, over more than five years or ten years, uh, schools have been reporting to me that there is an increase in the number of children who are coming to school who really don't understand some of the basics of behavior, in my terms, values. Um, About uh, 15 years ago, um, I instituted a method called values-based education, uh, which uh, 10% of schools in the UK have now adopted, to try and counter some of these trends. Um, it's always been the case that people have criticised the young uh, but I do think there are some signs that children are coming to school without an understanding I'll give you an example, yesterday I was in a primary school in Buckinghamshire and the early years teacher said a four year old had come into school and put his fingers up at him and uh, stuck his fingers up? That's right yes and this child was not from a a disadvantaged home, it was from a a home that uh, you know was really good and uh, so these trends are happening and I'm not blaming anyone particularly I think it's just uh, a way that society is going because of breakdowns in extended family where Parents, um, and this of course is a generalisation, are finding it more difficult to understand how to set uh, secure boundaries mm. with young children. And uh, As a
3: father of two young boys, four and two, setting boundaries is very, very difficult. But we've instilled in the boys from a very young age, please thank you, you sit at the table, there are simple basic... Um, manners, aren't there, that, w- that we should be instilling as parents in our children before they go to school?
6: I quite agree. Uh, the crucial age is up to four years of age when children are absorbing. Um, but one of the problems, I think, Ian, that we're having is that parents are getting quite frightened to set boundaries with their children, and some of the very basic things that you've just articulated are being forgotten. For instance, uh, one of the things we say at school is that never tell off the person of the child... Only tell its behavior so that the child develops a secure self image of itself but knows the boundaries, knows what to do, as you say, these basic uh, manners that we need to teach in, in schools and in the home.
3: Oh, yes, don't, 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 uh, don't try and induce shame in the child. That's one of the, the worst Absolutely, things I think you can do. Yeah. Uh, right.
6: Neil, stay there a second. I just want to introduce
3: into the conversation someone who's been trying to change the way children are taught from early years upwards. It's Jess Edwards, coordinator of the Charter for Primary Education. Jess, what, what these changing as far as you're concerned does it does it start with the parents
7: to be honest i think there's a lot of um blame that is put on children's behavior i think people are very quick to blame parents very quick to blame teachers i think in reality um there's you know (laughs) throughout the last 20 years there's always been stories about children's behavior becoming worse um i i actually don't i think there's a perception that behavior is worse i don't really think it's a reality actually. I think that children's lives are a lot worse and I think that really, in, in terms of uh, the, the problems that children bring into schools, especially since, um, you know, the austerity began, um, that children's lives are becoming worse and worse, the, the problems that they come into schools with are worse. What, what kind of problems? problems are Give me
3: an example, hard. Jess.
7: Well, I think the problems of economic deprivation, of social deprivation, of um, families whose lives are ever more... Precarious um, things like the bedroom tax, all sorts of um, new government policies. that I think have made families and children's lives a lot harder. I think those problems are harder. You look at
3: the kids. kids You look at the kids, Jess. Sorry to interrupt. You look at the kids that grew up during World War Two, for example, or in the fifties when no one had any money. They seemed to do all right, didn't they?
7: Again, I mean, I I don't believe that behaviour is worse. So. That would be my answer to that, really. I don't believe that behaviour is worse in our, in our schools. Let's I put that to Neil. That people's uh, lives are harder.
3: Neil, lives are harder. Behaviour isn't any worse. Uh,
6: <laughs> I think, again, uh, one should beware of generalisations. Of course. Um, my movement that is uh, supporting... Uh, positive human values in schools. As, uh, I'm visiting a school, for instance, today, Eversley Primary School in Enfield, and it's been in the London press for setting incredible high standards, both academically and socially with children, and supporting parents. I agree with Jess. It's, it's something that you have to work with the community. It's not something that you blame and shame. And uh, we need just a positive way. I agree with her. Some of the policies, for instance, I'm very critical of... of, of some politicians on both sides of the divide and the way that they fixate on, on data outcomes in schools and not giving the balance on thinking about how we should help children to uh, think about how they interact socially with each other and, uh, and know about themselves.
7: Yeah, you like it's, to I, 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 well, I agree with much of that, actually. I think that um, there's been a, a, a huge kind of top-down focus on data Um, in schools, and I think that that takes teachers' attention away from focusing on the whole child, all of the needs of that child including social and emotional needs of that child, and the more that we neglect that, the more difficult it is for children.
3: Uh, Listen, I wish we could talk for longer. Fascinating, and thank you for coming on at this ridiculous time in the morning. The last voice you heard there was Jess Edwards, coordinator of the Charter for Primary Education and uh, the other voice that you heard there was uh, Dr Neil Hawkes, founder of the International Values Education Trust. 08 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC
8: Three Counties Radio.
9: Good morning. Lots of problems left over with flooding, I'm afraid. Starting between Bourne End and Cookham, Ferry Lane is closed. And then in Watford, Exchange Road has a lane closed around the High Street while they try and pump water from the road. Between Essendon and Hartford, the A158 is closed while emergency repairs go on after flooding. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Alice, thank you very much. Coming up, I mean, we are going to spoil you rotten with music today. If by spoil you're rotten, uh, you interpret that to mean songs from the 80s you've probably forgotten about. That's what we're going to do. Right now, it's 6.16. It's Friday the 14th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Primary school teachers across the three counties are having to cope with a decline in children's behaviour over the last five years, according to new research. Police have arrested a fifth man in connection with the murder of Isaac Stone in Bedford last month. And in sports, Team GB, the GB standing for Great Britain, are on course for a first gold medal at the Winter Olympics, with thin Lizzie Arnold leading the women's skeleton.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni. Or we'll talk
10: about your partner's annoying habits this after a woman filed for divorce after just one week. I, I know I, was, I snore and I snore badly, but I can't help it. Roberto Peroni. It's Friday. Why am I even bothering to go to work today? You've got to. You never know when a dome board suddenly appears in front of you and you've got to dive in. You need a lot of love, a bit of patience to keep a relationship going. Sometimes you have to turn a blind eye.
8: Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties
3: Radio. Now. I have had a right old clean out of my car recently, and I found 15, 15 soiled Ginsters packets.
11: You should be ashamed
3: of yourself. No, no, oh, oh contraire, au oh, contraire, I should be very proud of myself.
11: For having what?
3: 15 Ginsters soiled wra- wrappers in my uh, car, uh, in the, the footwell of the passenger seat. So wow. it's like you're, oh, <laughs> oh, and then <laughs> Yeah, and, um, some It's match- like man versus food <laughs> <laughs> And I won uh, But anyway I've cleared those out now So I can start again uh, And I'm also clearing out lots of CDs I've got lots of CDs in my car um, Some David Cassidy uh, compact discs Some obscure 60s st- they
11: knew when they went into the car
3: right? Yeah they, they were new when they went into the car Some uh, obscure 60s bands And then also one of my I'd I forgotten about this And I found it in the back of the car I was like oh I'm going to play the two good songs from this album One of my This woman should by all rights Be um, Mrs. Lee Right. Because, man, when I used to do a free newspaper round, you know the ones we got paid a uh, halfpenny a paper? Yes. Uh, this was the cassette that was constantly um, in my uh, Boots Walkman.
11: Right. So, because you listen to her records a lot, yep. she, you own her now? Is that
3: right? Technically, yes. And I'm surprised she's not picked up on the love vibe I'm sending over all the way over the Atlantic to her and she's not married me. Ladies and gentlemen, only in my dreams, Miss Debbie Gibson. I mean, Catherine. Wow. We were both wigging out there. We were looking up um, pictures of Debbie Gibson on the internet. And Tiffany. And Tiffany. Oh, Ma- Frank you- Frankie Milton Keynes. Frank. Hello. What do you reckon to that?
12: Well, I, I, I think it was okay, but you must... Sorry? When you play records, you must say who it is when you finish. It's Ooh. more important than when you say... If you mention Sorry. when you start. What? What? If you turn on halfway through, you think... Oh, that
3: was nice. Yeah. Who was it? And you're babbling on about something else. Right. Well, well Hank, What? Whoa. Whoa. He's hold quite, your horses. He's quite right, of course. This is, well, no. He, in some ways, he's right, but in every other way, he's completely wrong. First of all, Frank, I did back anno that Debbie Gibson uh, only in my dreams. Okay. Secondly, come on, guys! You don't need me to announce records. We're we're too we're too hip and happening. We're moving. We're moving on to the next thing straight away.
12: You should you should have a word with Justin. He's one of the best disc jockeys there is.
3: If Justin wasn't in a Peruvian prison for I I don't want to know what he was carrying across that border, uh, then I would have a word with him.
12: No, but when he plays a record, he gives yeah. you information about it, and he always says who it was at oh, the end. Blimey. It's oh. most you know when you oh, see a film, team. you think, "Who's that actor there?" Yeah, and you can't. Would well, you want me to
3: come it, round and tell it, you that it was Victor um, Mature? All day long. Well, that's what you do. Would you want me to? Record? Every time you watch a film, do you want me to phone you up and say that was Michael Caine in no, 1968? What I
12: want you to do is just play a record, and when you finish, just say, "Oh, that was so and so."
3: All right, well, well, you just, uh, what's it, what's it by so-and-so? Happy? No, no. Okay. Podcast. Now, it seems, uh, on to slightly more serious things here, it seems Buckinghamshire firefighters didn't spend the whole weekend pumping out Marlow. I should have looked at this before I came in, shouldn't I? They spent... They spent at least two hours pulling a dog out of a rabbit hole! (laughs) Oh, man, alive! I can't do it!
8: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
3: This is Ian Lee.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Sorry about that. Now, it seems Buckinghamshire firefighters didn't spend the whole weekend pumping out Marlowe. They spent at least two hours pulling a dog out of a rabbit hole in Wooban Park. Yes, they did. The owners of Tinker the Terrier, because that's what it's called. They're delighted to have the dog out of a hole. But I thought firefighters weren't doing the cat. I thought Catherine. I thought they weren't doing the cats up trees, dogs down hole thing anymore. I thought they were rescuing people.
11: I seem to remember them telling us that too. But um, apparently, they are. How
3: common are animal rescues like this?
11: We've been looking into it. When it comes to Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Service, the last dog rescue they were involved in was ten months ago. Do you want the details? (laughs) Can you handle it? I've just seen the details
3: on. What what happened?
11: A Jack Russell called Lulu got stuck. <laughs> Stop it, it's not funny. Stop it. This poor dog got stuck <laughs> in a drainage pipe for Lulu. four days. Yeah. Four days. Wowzers. Four days, come mm. on. Fire officers had to cut her out using specialist equipment. Mm.
3: Mm. So
11: the BBC's carried out a UK-wide investigation into animal rescue... Good
3: use of licence payers' money.
11: ...and found that over three years, that's between 2009 and 2011, rescuing animals cost the UK Fire Service £3.5 million. What
3: kind of animals?
11: Well, as usual, you'd imagine the sort of animals that would get into scrapes. Cats, dogs, horses... <laughs>
3: How does a horse get into a scrape? What, fencing? Does a horse get stuck in Up No, anyway, yeah, yes.
11: But um, other animals, including snakes... <laughs> Stop it!
13: Come on, finish, finish the list.
11: I know what's coming, I don't think I can. Snakes, seals, yeah, bats, yeah. chinchillas, iguanas... <laughs> A raccoon, <laughs> which is not indigenous to this country. No,
14: not me, Badgers not and a
11: chameleon. Now there have been widely reported cases of Mid and West Wales Fire mm. and Rescue Service being called out. What's to- <laughs> <laughs> having to laugh here? Being called out to remove a snail stuck halfway up a wall. <laughs> that was a call from a distressed elderly lady. I'm not sure they went yeah, to that show. I think show. she
3: called our show yesterday. <laughs> What happened with the, um, the case on Sunday, though? I mean, well, this is serious. This is very serious. If you get, no one wants to get their tinker stuck down a hole, do they? So what happened?
11: Those rabbit holes are nasty. Yeah. Tinker the terrier was on a family walk in Wooban Park. He yeah. wouldn't have been out on his own no. because he was on a family walk. Yeah. He got stuck down a rabbit
8: hole. <laughs>
3: <laughs> then what happened? How did they get him out? What equipment did they use? Did they use any equipment? Yes. What? <sighs>
2: a snake eye camera
11: and shovels you're going to be talking to Fraser Pearson oh, from, I hope you can contain yourself yep, from yep, Box yep. Fire and Rescue mm. later. He could tell you about more about what happened and why they answer calls like this. But I think in a nutshell it's because if they didn't, pet owners could get into much bigger trouble trying to rescue the animals
3: themselves. I heard somewhere that there's a fire service that charges for incidents like this. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's
11: right. None of our fire services do. But if you live in the West Midlands, you could be charged £4.12 mm. £4. an hour. Thousands. It still seems quite cheap, actually, not so bad, is it? for an animal rescue. Of course, there are other agencies like the RSPCA who do get called, but they in turn may have to call the fire brigade oh. themselves if they don't have the specialist equipment to deal with the incident. They
3: haven't got snake-eye cameras.
11: Well, no, I don't think they've got as many. Although the RSPCA declined to come on the show to talk about this, because we did ask them, a spokesperson did tell us that in their experience... (laughs) There are plenty of cases where putting a bit of food out can be enough to get an animal back (laughs) where it should be. I don't think this was the case with Tinker the Terrier.
3: Is Tinker all right? Tinker's fine. Well, that's fantastic. Catherine, thank you so much for that. We really are the first for news. I don't know why we dropped that, um, that tag. 08459 455 555. Have you ever got your Tinker stuck in a hole?
4: Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
3: BBC
8: Three Counties Radio. In
9: Nedworth, Watton Road is flooded between London Road and Hartford Road. And in Watford, the Exchange Road has a lane closed around the High Street while they have a pump trying to get rid of some of the flood water there. Between Bourne End and Cookham, Ferry Lane is closed because of the flooding problems. But on the speed sensors, there aren't any problems around so far. It's pretty quiet at the moment. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
8: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's 6.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Primary school teachers across the three counties are having to cope with a decline in children's behaviour over the last five years according to new research. Police have arrested a fifth man in connection with the murder of Isaac Stone in Bedford last month. An 18-year-old named by police yesterday contacted detectives and was taken into custody. And the former boss of Marks & Spencer, Sir Stuart Rose, is going to become an advisor for the NHS, concentrating on 14 trusts in special measures, including Buckingham Healthcare NHS Trust.
4: Three Counties Sports. BBC
8: Three Counties Radio.
1: Team GB are on course for first gold medal at the Winter Olympics as Lizzie Yarnold goes into the second day of the women's skeleton with almost a half-second lead over the rest of the field. Bedford Rugby Club resumed championship action away to Ealing this evening, although the game is subject to a midday pitch inspection. There are two changes from last week's defeat to Bristol, with starts for Charlie Clare and Joe Molen in place of Scott Sperling and Paul Tupai. Darren Fox returns after injury among the replacements. Forwards coach Martin Hines wants to build on that performance. That now has got to be the
15: minimum standard. We want that every week from the lads, and, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure if we get that uh, commitment, the lads will have a great uh, second half You know, back into the season because they'll be enjoying the, the rugby they're playing and, and, and the support and everything will, will get behind them.
1: In tomorrow's football, Watford host Middlesbrough in the Championship. In League One, Milton Keynes-Dons return to Oldham. Stevenage resume their relegation battle with a trip to Rotherham. In League Two, Wickham are at Cheltenham. Conference leaders Luton host Hereford with the pitch cover in place. Ahead of today's latest downpour, here's Assistant Manager Terry Harris.
16: At least we're doing something to to alleviate the problem anyway, because... uh I think, you know, the, I think we do shed loads of rain tomorrow, by all accounts. And um, so hopefully that will be down and uh, it will help the situation.
1: And in ice hockey, Milton Keynes lightning are through to the English Premier League Cup final. After a 5-4 overtime win at Manchester last night, gave them a 10-9 aggregate victory. They'll play Basingstoke Bison in the final. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at 7. Call
8: 08459 Deary,
3: Double five BBC three. Okay, he's no ago. more, f- no more. We've had our uh, laughter quota for the whole month of February, so no more of that. Now, uh, Paul McCartney's eight a- Paul McCartney's eighties spect- Cliff, Clifford. Hey, hey, Kelly, you like, um, like the pop and stuff, don't you? You like your Ed Sheeran's and your pulps and uh, your Backstreet Boys, all the current pop bands, yeah? yeah? Oh, hang on, you like your Ed Sheeran's, your pulps, the Backstreet Boys, all your current, current pop bands, yeah. There we go, lovely. So, um pop singer Morrissey. Have you seen who's opening for him in America? No, who? Have a guess.
17: Um, Ed Sheeran? No. Backstreet Boys? No. Pulp? No. Oh, that's I'm all out.
3: Cliff Richard's.
17: Is opening for Morrissey. Well, hang on.
11: Hertfordshire's Cliff Richard's.
3: Hart, Whoa, Hartwich's oh. Cliff Richard's is is opening up for Morrissey in New York City, America. Isn't it,
17: isn't it just Cliff Richard? Not no, Cliff it's Richards. him and Morrissey and Tom Jones, isn't it?
3: Tom no, Jones is doing it. His
17: name's not Cliff Richards. No, his name's Harry Webb.
3: Yeah, but he changed Cliff it. Richards. No, but
17: it's Cliff Richards.
11: It's like, El- like Elton
3: John's is Reg Dwight.
17: Mm. And Sting is um, Gordon Sumner. He's a
3: pervert. Yeah. No, he's, he's not. can't tan- say
17: things like that. All that he's
3: tantric a- nonsense. He's, he's a, a, he's a modern-day bard. Why on earth would you want to go on for hours? Let's just get it done and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Cliff Richard, is- Cliff Richard is opening for Morrissey. That's awesome news, isn't it?
17: Oh, Cliff Richard is opening for Morrissey, is he? Why is she saying it wrong? I don't understand. What, what, what you're, you're saying Cliff Richards.
3: Yeah, he's opening for Morrissey. That's yeah, why I'm there's saying his only name. Man,
17: isn't there? Huh? There's only one of
11: him. There's
3: only one Cliff Richards. <laughs> one Cliff Richards. <laughs> do you know
11: who I want to see back? Because <laughs> he, he was born to do it.
3: Yeah, go on. Craig Davis. Oh, Craig Davis, all over your oh, Boing! Yeah, he was good. He once, um, I uh, he once gave me uh, some really good advice. Did he? I was going through troubles with a girlfriend at the time. He said, "You know what you need to do in." You just got to be really nice to her.
11: <laughs> I thought I was oh, nice say, one, Craig's. Take her for a drink on Monday. Monday. Pop into a pub on Tuesday.
3: Make love Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Chill on Sunday. Then it's over. Uh, you're done. Then dump her. Um, his house. This is this is true fact. Who's this, this? Craig Davis. Craig Davis. His, he had a flat, right? And if he was bringing a lady back to his flat, he was. Right? What did you do? He, if he was bringing a lady back to a flat, that's
11: a good lady impression. Yeah.
3: What he would do, he, would te- he could text his flat. This is absolutely true. So he'd get his phone out and he'd text the flat.
11: To say, close your curtains and don't watch.
3: Yes. What? Close your Hot, sexy mama. I feel a little bit naughty. And the house would then go into naughty mode. It would close the curtains, red lights would come on. or he Red could, lights? Yeah, or he could go, um, bring him back a, a cute girl. I'm feeling a little bit Thoughtful, and then it will go into thoughtful mode, <gasps> and like, oh. like books would come out or something. Oh. It may have just controlled the lights. Actually,
11: so you know how much you fancied you from whether you got the yeah exactly. or if you got the just soft yeah. bit of Luther Vandross.
3: Yeah, exactly. Anyway, oh. back to me. So, Cliff so. Richards, Morrissey's going to be a great show. Now, for the m- moment here, what are we talking about? Ah, oh, yeah, this is it. Paul McCartney, eighties week. Paul In-
17: McCartney.
3: You, you. No, it's just Paul McCartney, Kelly. Oh, sorry. Kelly Betts. Now, you have um, been educated this week, haven't you?
17: Yeah, not here.
3: Right, I'm going to turn her microphone off because yeah. she's been disrespectful. It's not helpful. Is we it? have had a little stroll down memory lane, haven't we, Catherine? Well,
11: you have. I barely remember it. My dad probably would.
3: <laughs> You're such. A ch- now, listen. We're going to drop. We're going to drop the M bomb today. Um, where are you? Track six. It's 16. more of an M bomb. Yes, we're going there We're actually going there This song, now listen, when you first hear it Forget the video, forget the video Take that out of your head If you're in the car, just pull off Listen to this And just because The motorway Because this is better than you think Okay, it's become a joke It's become a byword for all things that are naff and overblown and rubbish
11: I think he did go a bit
3: OTT. Oh, listen to this on full blast. This is flipping awesome. <laughs> shivers down my spine.
17: That's not shivers.
3: All <laughs> right. Now, let's, let's start with uh, the um, voice of wisdom and age. Catherine.
11: Uh, it makes sense
17: with a video.
3: No, what I've found is... Well, K- Kelly, what's, what's your thoughts?
17: I cannot believe that just happened.
3: One of the biggest hits of the 1980s.
17: If I was driving in my car, I would have switched off. What? But... I- I'm stuck here in the building with the speakers directly at okay. me and I couldn't leave the
3: thing I found when I listened to this in my car last week first listen I, c- I couldn't believe what I was hearing mm. so
17: so why would you listen again? exactly oh no oh no what? Hello. see that That's bit a bad I cope again. with that little <laughs> boom boom file. oh
3: wait four five nine four double five five double five you heard it right we just dropped the M-bomb live on air what do you think? Paul McCartney in the Frog Chorus it should be the national anthem should be the, when he, <laughs> next time he does a gig for the Queen he should play that stop playing live and let die and hey Jude." we've heard that a million times get the frog chorus going Macca Seriously brilliant. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. there will not be anybody listening to this show that has taste.
17: No, 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 the, the, the sentence finished there.
3: Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Catherine, the newspapers. Yes, they are full of news. Yep. Oh, OK. Well, thanks for coming. Front pages.
11: Police and CPS face damaging questions as second celebrity in a week is cleared of historic sex crimes. Prosecutors in the docks. He talking about DLT yesterday.
3: Uh, it's been clear, but there are a couple of uh, things that the, the, the jury couldn't make a decision on, and there is talk that there may be another, there may be a retrial on those two. So let us leave it. So let's stand well away from that, shall we, until that's completely uh, sorted out. Um, I'm looking at the uh, local newspaper, the Comet. This is the only one that gets sent to us.
11: They should send us more In quantities as well. They do send us more. They send us five copies oh, they, of the <laughs> comets.
3: <laughs> they do send us five uh, Um and basically locally, not a lot happening.
8: Um.
3: There's not. There's not. I mean, uh, 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 the what, what, what? You know,
8: a woman
11: suffering from a severe earache had a maggot living behind her hearing aid. Oh,
14: oh you
3: dirty, oh. dirty woman! Maggot
11: Doctors noticed it. I'm not going to describe what they noticed. Describe it describe, it. describe no, it. No, no, no. I They'll, don't want to be using the words. No, I don't want no, to use. No, there
3: using are. The there will be children listening who will get kicks out of this kind of thing. Come on, this will be. This will be, uh, become a legend eventually if you tell it now. Mm-hmm.
11: Doctors noticed a bloody discharge when they removed the device and found a fat fruit, whoa, fat fruit fry, fly larva wriggling around deep in her ear Ew. canal. That Dirty. is disgusting. Dirty. I tell you
3: what, go to the centre of the sun. What fruit did they think her ear was? Ooh, a uh, nice pear. Go to the centre of the sun. Yes. Well, oh, it's really hot, yes. and it is really hot today because it is all Valentine's Day dedication. Oh, well, there's a car. Well, not just go That's back a bit. That's the actual centre. Oh, for goodness' <laughs> sakes, just go back a bit. There. Why don't you just pick some at random? Some, some people have thought, you know what? It's so romantic, I'm going to send uh, the equivalent of a tweet to The Sun and they can print it in the newspaper so we can spend three hours looking for it. Uh, what, what romance can you find in there, Catherine?
11: Oh, gosh. Dear Darling Fanny-O. <laughs> Dear <me. laughs> you complete me. Oh. Loaf's always...
3: G. Oh gosh! I hope that's that's a private joke and not a spelling mistake. Yeah, loafs. So what do you mean maybe... loaf? What are you saying, loaf? Oh, you've totally ruined it. That right. I'm finishing with you. I'm going to go back out with your brother, the father of my children.
11: Maybe G's the um, baker. Maybe he's a baker. Yeah, making... oh artisan baker. He's
3: baking some love in the oven this morning for his Fanny young. Oh.
11: To my darling, Heather, 1505. I don't know what that means. That's a code for something. Yours forever, Action Man, 051211.
3: Oh, that's some Filth. kind of kinky code, yes. Yeah. The um, KC, kinky code.
11: AD Williams, roses are red. Oh, she's got, they're going They Aidy. Traditional, red. traditional. Roses are red, violets are blue. Come sit closer, because I like the view. Love, ooh, baby.
3: Claire. That's, um... Are you doing anything romantic not, for Valentine's?
11: Um, uh, I might not go to bed at half past seven at the same time as the kids. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll, um... Maybe we'll turn the phones off.
3: Ah, has really got this, uh, This sewn up. Ah, I'm assuming he's a gentleman and is indeed Mr. Lover Lover. Love you once. Love you twice. Love you more than beans and rice. Well
11: <laughs> <laughs> ah, beans and rice are good. I like beans and rice so much. <laughs> um...
3: That's
11: double carbs, though, isn't it? What are y- you going to have with your beans and rice? You need some meat in there, surely?
3: Uh... Unless you're vegetarian. Yeah, you need a little bit. Um... Oh, for goodness sakes. KJB, we're going to marry this year or what? From Daddy O. No, not if you can ask me like that. How we're rude. not getting married. How rude. Um, oh, God. But I mean, most of these are just. Uh, did. Uh, most of these are just. I love you, Popsicle. <coughs> um, wishing my Jeffrey a fantastic Valentine's Day. Love from Jemai Why do you go someone called Jeffrey? Why wouldn't you? The Jeffs. 08459-455-555 Valentine's Day, Paul McCartney, and Travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
9: BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't think anything says Valentine's Day like travel either. Starting in Bricketwood, North Orbital, heavy going at the M25, Junction 21A roundabout. Also between Bourne End and Cookham, Ferry Lane is closed because of flooding. And in Watford, the Exchange Road has a lane closed around the High Street while they try and pump some of the flood water out. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much.
3: 6.45, it's Friday the 14th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Primary school teachers across the three counties are having to cope with a decline in children's behaviour over the last five years. That's according to new research. Police have arrested a fifth man in connection with the murder of Isaac Stone in Bedford last month. And in sports, Team GB are on course for a first gold medal at the Winter Olympics with Thin Lizzie Arnold leading the women's skeleton. 459 555 555. Weather's coming up very, very shortly and I know you're all looking forward to that uh, but uh, it's, she's not sorted it out basically, Catherine.
11: She is frantically yeah. trying to get that. she's frantically
3: weather. trying to save her job. I'm going to hit the button. Let's see what happens. Go on, go
8: on.
18: Beds, hearts and bucks weather.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
18: Hello there. Well, we've got a, a fair amount of wet and windy weather to come today and the Met Office have a yellow warning in place for rain and that's until 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. There's also a yellow warning for wind in the areas surrounding but not actually for the uh, three counties. But we've got uh, this very heavy rain spreading northeastwards this morning. It's going to bring with it 15 to 25 millimetres of rainfall, perhaps more locally. And uh, also some strong south-to-southwesterly winds with temperatures reaching 10 or 11 degrees celsius now after the rain has passed it leaves behind it a fair amount of showers which could be quite heavy perhaps with some hail mixed in there on higher ground they continue through the night and the winds actually increase through the night really peaking in the early hours of the morning we could have gusts of maybe 50 miles per hour perhaps even more than that Uh, temperatures down to seven or eight degrees celsius so tomorrow, those strong winds continue. We've got blustery showers as well, but it all starts to ease later in the day and we should have some bright spells with temperatures reaching 9 or 10 degrees. Sunday, after a patchy frost, sorry, after a frosty start, it becomes dry, drier and brighter and the winds ease. So a much more settled day, but then it becomes wet and windy again on Monday. That's your latest forecast.
3: Thank you very much. This week, we're helping a very special building celebrate its birthday.
11: We've become
13: quite strong and aware in the links that we need to have with our neonatal colleagues.
3: 75 years ago, the Luton and Dunstable Hospital officially opened its doors.
13: I've been here 10 years, and even in that 10 years, it's changed markedly. But we've got to keep up with what the needs of the population are.
3: This afternoon, I'll be in the children's ward where the young patients will help me deliver the all-important birthday cake. And I'll be taught all about the history of the hospital with former nurse Janet Graham.
8: Nick. Coffer.
3: Celebrating the Luton and
6: Dunstable Hospital's 75th
3: birthday. Today, from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 oh, four double five five double five is the telephone number. Geoffrey's in Windsor. Morning, Geoffrey! Morning, Ian. How are you? I'm, I, do you know what? I'm fine and dandy today. Fine and dandy? Like my little puppy Andy. Yep, I'm living the dream. I'm <laughs> sheathing my Paul McCartney all the best. That's going to get me up to Birmingham later on today. Thank you very much indeed.
15: Is your little puppy... Um, Andy, is he dressed? Do you ever dress him up like Andy Pandy from no. the old? No, you don't. Here's the
3: thing: you don't need to dress animals. They have their own clothes. It's called fur. Well, but in, well, in inclement weather, people put put uh, coats on their horses, don't y- they? The people who put clothes on animals, I'm going to say this, and I mean yeah. it, are idiots. You don't <sighs> put clothes on animals, for goodness' sakes.
15: Can I say one thing? You are an exceptionally brave um, radio presenter because you risk alienating so many of your audience all the time with very, very strong opinions, don't you? You don't seem to care at all. I think that risk-taking is amazingly interesting.
3: Get to the point before I cut you off.
15: Well, I was told that you, you think you think us people who who are blessed with the name Jeffrey have have a have a, have a sort of uh, discriminated um, aspect in terms of um, trying to make relationships with
3: partners. It's a ridiculous name. I remember you when you were Jethro. That was a much better name. Jeffrey is a ridiculous <laughs> name. Yeah, well, Jeffrey's got connotations of West Country bumpkins, is not it, really? You've got but- three seconds to save this phone call. Oh, One, two, <laughs> three. He failed. He failed. I'm in that. I'm, I'm rumbunctious. Rumbunctious? Adenoidal. What am I today? Rude. Uh, d- uh, oh, did we. Uh, I thought we had um, another call. Did they drop off? Oh, yes, Jez. Sorry, Jez. No, I haven't dropped off. No, still here. No, well, I I think many of our
10: listeners are. Go on, what have you got? Nothing's dropped off. Um, I've enjoyed this week immensely, the Paul McCartney.
3: Hasn't it been nice? Look, his his 80s material gets very
10: overlooked. Oh, discerning taste and, you know, I mean, sometimes I don't agree with some of the stuff you come out with. I think, oh, God, what is he talking about? But this week... Oh, yeah. What did you recognise divided, people? The Frog Chorus. Oh, the Frog Chorus, I think. But I, I love that song. And when I, was, when I did Hospital Radio some years ago, um, we, I used to do the, the Thursday Night Request show. One, one week we played it. And I had a BBC Sound Effects CD, which had lots of animal sounds on it. And it had oh, yeah. it had hens in a hen house, obviously having some kind of scrap. Yeah. And you know the big instrumental bit in the middle? Yeah. I played that all over. The, uh, the frog chorus, and it just... You couldn't recreate that moment. I've still got the tape somewhere up in the loft. I must dig it out, and it just... It just... It just worked so well. You can't recreate something like that. You know.
3: Are you playing the tape now,
10: Jez? No. No, I've just got the birds in the background
3: now. Good for you. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you've enjoyed it. We might we might visit the Paul McCartney 80s week again uh, in the future. Oh, by the way, just before I go, yes? I've got a... Um, I'll have to get this on.
10: I'm, I'm sort of trying to get ready for work at the moment, but hmm. I have got a a... Cider-drinking, talking budgie from Poland here now. Can I speak to it? Huh? Um, I don't know if he'll talk this time of the morning. His name's Bashka, by the way. Oh, these bu-
3: blooming, um, blooming budgie's coming over here he drinks, from Poland, stealing yeah. out bird cages yeah, yeah, and was, outsider. I, I,
10: ado- I adopted him. He comes from Poland. Yeah. Come on, say something. You're going to talk?
3: Who's he talking to me? The
10: don't moment? look at the phone like that. You're going to say something?
3: I'm talking.
10: He's a bit... He's uh, it's obviously, it's obviously
3: got a bit of a hangover. Thank you very much indeed. Not a clue what happened there. You want to do a story? Then uh, What's the Face wants to do BBC Introducing. Oh. So you do you want to do your story? And then we'll play. Very
11: quickly. This is in the Daily Express, page 17. Yeah. <clears throat> Being gay is only partly genetic. What? The rest is caused by environmental and social factors. I'm not saying that, it's a study. While gay men as a whole share a similar genetic makeup, it only accounts for 40% of the chance of a man being homosexual, according to scientists at Northwestern University in Illinois, who studied 400 sets of twins to see if some men are genetically geared towards being gay. They discovered that gay men shared certain characteristics on their X chromosome.
3: Can I say something? Yeah. Sometimes you can tell kids that they're going to be gay, can't you?
11: You can tell them, or you can. I wouldn't. Tell. I wouldn't tell them. Yeah.
3: Hey, you can be gay. No, you can there tell, was, can't you? There, there, there some, are some children you can tell.
11: There were some boys I went to school with, yeah. and I think everyone else knew before they did. Yes, it but was, yes. It's up to them to, to come, come to know themselves.
3: Oh, and it's not a judgment call. I'm just saying that, that, it is, that, that it, sometimes you see young children, you think, ah, OK, right, well, that's, that's their path has been mapped out for them and good for them. I hope, hope they're happy following that path.
11: I always thought that they were born that way. Um,
3: Kelly Betts, BBC Introducing. What is it? Why should we be listening? When is it? Um, uh, who presents it? What is the premise behind it? What kind of music can we hear from it? What song are we playing today?
17: BBC Introducing is a show that supports unsigned and upcoming music from the Three Counties area. Thanks for the echo. Just makes it sound a bit
3: more dramatic. It
17: does, doesn't it?
3: She's fallen down a shoe.
17: Woo! There's 40 BBC Introducing shows all across the region. It's exciting. Ours is obviously based here and covers the music from Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire, Buckinghamshire. Each week we're lucky enough to add a track to the playlist. This week's track is... By Ben Paul, originally from Barton Leclay. And this track is called Starting All Over. Hey, um... Again.
3: uh, Scott Balcony tweeted you saying he had a friend who wanted to submit a track and you ignored him.
17: Oh, he wants to submit a track? His friend does. Very easy. www.bbc.co.uk forward slash introducing...
13: I know you've had things about me. And I wish I could say that the boomers were for real. I know it would be a cliche. To say I've no regrets, and I've been lying anyway. It's a page one read Wright Of every aspect of my life starting from tonight. If I carry on this way, I know we're through But baby, you love me then That's why I'm starting all over again Now I want to see the end inside I need to change my course and get towards the light Listen to me now and hear
3: Like a little bit of Weezer Like that fella that did the song about my United States or whatever That wasn't bad
17: It was brilliant aye. And it was nothing like the frog chorus that you played earlier aye, aye.
3: Ben Poole there, starting all over again How he's... good is he? I believe he's going to be touring Spain and Germany soon I'm going to all of those That's shows That's
17: correct information Front
3: row, centre Because of that, we couldn't play this it's But never mind It's a shame It's a shame Oh, look at Catherine holding her headphones up with her shoulders because her ears don't work. We haven't got anything to ask the listener, have we?
11: Yes. What? Should firefighters be rescuing animals?
3: There we go. Thank you very much. That's the question. Call me now, 08459 455 555. Travel news for
4: beds, cards and bugs.
9: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, the A6 southbound, heavy going between Enterprise Way and Stockingstone Road. The M25 anti-clockwise, looking slow now around junction 16 for the M40. On the speed sensors, there are queues on the A1 southbound at Mill Hill Circus. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey
3: up, Alice. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Right. It's Valentine's Day. All romantic. What are you doing for Valentine's Day? I'm going to be spending uh, the night in a hotel miles away from my wife. That'll learn her. Treat them mean, keep them keen. Let's get the news of sport now. Here's Simon Oxley.
8: Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's seven o'clock. The headlines primary school teachers facing increased bad behaviour. Fifth arrest in Bedford murder inquiry, and former MS boss to advise Buckinghamshire Health Trust.
8: BBC Three Counties
1: Radio. Primary school teachers across the three counties are having to cope with a decline in children's behaviour over the last five years, according to new research. The teacher support network survey suggests more than a third of primary teachers say they've thought about leaving the profession. Dr. Neil Hawkes founded the value system used in many.
6: Yesterday I was in a primary school in Buckinghamshire and the early years teacher said a four-year-old had come into school and put his fingers up at him. These trends are happening and I'm not blaming anyone particularly. I think it's just uh, a way that society is going.
1: Police have arrested a fifth man in connection with the murder of Isaac Stone in Bedford. The 19-year-old was stabbed to death in Costin Street last month. More from Lee Agnew.
0: Yesterday, detectives named an 18-year-old man they wanted to speak to as part of their investigation into the fatal stabbing on January the 25th. Police say he contacted them himself early yesterday evening and was taken into custody. Three men arrested on Wednesday evening and another arrested yesterday morning are still being questioned.
1: The former boss of Marks & Spencer, Sir Stuart Rose, is going to become an advisor for the NHS, concentrating on 14 trusts in special measures, including Buckinghamshire Healthcare, NHS Trust. He'll act as a mentor for senior managers and advise the government on how to attract the best leaders from both the public and private sectors. There are warnings of torrential rain this morning in areas already affected by the worst floods in living memory. A storm which has begun lashing the West Country will cover much of southern England in the coming hours. Firefighters in Hertfordshire rescued an elderly and disabled man from a car stuck in floodwater at St Paul's Walden near Hitchin yesterday afternoon. A boat was severely damaged by fire on the Grand Union Canal in Bletchley last night. The river cruiser was moored by Stoke Road. Firefighters and the Water Rescue Unit were called just before 8.15. The fire service say everyone was accounted for. A couple from Buckinghamshire who are getting married in Scotland today have been worried they might not make it. Chris Watson and Joe King from Maids Morton have been travelling to Gretna Green despite the flooding closed roads and trains not running. Chris says so far it's been one disaster after another.
2: Well it wasn't the best run up to a wedding you could ask for, <laughs> um, I think the plan was i I look after all the wedding, do all the planning for that, and then Joe walks the dog, um, but she broke around walking the dog three days before we get married. <laughs>
1: The American actor Ralph Waite, who played the father in the 1970s TV series The Waltons, has died. He was 85. In sport, Team GB are on course for a first gold medal at the Winter Olympics, as Lizzie Arnold goes into the second day of the women's skeleton, with almost a half-second lead over the rest of the field, and Bedford Rugby Club's match at Ealing tonight is subject to a midday pitch inspection. The weather, more heavy rain expected to spread north through the day, gales as well, a maximum temperature 11 degrees Celsius, and you you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties
3: Thank you Simon, morning this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, it's Friday the 14th of February, lots to talk about, including naughty, naughty children Who's to blame? Trapped terriers, should the fire brigade really be wasting their resources rescuing animals? Oh, and a little bit of a free-for-all. You can give us a call about anything you want, to be honest. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or give me a phone call, 08459 455 555.
8: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Now, it would appear that our children are getting naughtier and naughtier, and I'm talking about the little children. A new study from the Teachers' Support Network suggests declining behaviour among primary school pupils has led to an increase in stress and depression for their teachers. Would love to hear from you, A, if you're a parent... What do you think? A kids getting naughtier? But I, I guess more importantly, if you're a teacher, are you finding that the children you're teaching are naughtier than they were, say, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago? Is it stressing and depressing you that you have to tolerate this sort of behaviour? And what kind of behaviour are we talking about? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. It's one of those things I can pontificate on, but I really need your stories from the front line, as it were. So do give me a call. In a moment, we're going to hear from uh, Labour Luton Borough Councillor Jackie Burnett, who's a governor of Farley and Hilbrook junior schools in the town. But before that, we can talk to Dr Simon Gibbons, who's head of teacher education at the University of Bedfordshire. Morning, Simon. Morning. Uh, very small study in this survey, so yeah. we, we have to be slightly careful with it. But, but do these findings come as a surprise to you?
16: I am quite surprised, actually, yes, because my experience working with hundreds of primary school teachers going into the profession is that over the course of the last five or ten years, behaviour has improved in schools and also the training that uh, new teachers get has improved massively. There's been a relentless focus on behaviour management as part of teacher training in the past 10 or 15 years.
3: What kind of uh, training are they given to deal with um, unruly pupils?
16: Well, there's two parts. All teacher training works as a partnership between schools and the university. And what happens is they will get uh, some theoretical input about best strategies to use. They'll get some experts coming into the university. We have a a nationally acclaimed Sue Cowie coming in in a couple of months to talk about the kind of ideas and strategies you might use. And then obviously in their placements, they then get to see excellent teachers at work excellent teachers who have great classroom management and they learn from those teachers and obviously there's a bit of trial and error, they make mistakes, but then through that they become experts themselves over time.
3: You you, you can learn all the theory you want, I suppose, but you really have to to deal with it um, kind of hands-on, don't you, to know exactly how how to work it, I would suppose.
16: Oh, absolutely. It's one of those aspects of teaching that, yes, you can uh, listen to people talk about it, you can learn strategies, you can try things out on each other in a peer group, but ultimately it's only when you're in the classroom and you're tested that you're really getting to refine your skills. And there's no one right way to manage a class, and every class and every child is different. So it's problematic, and in primary school particularly, Because you're a teacher with the same children all day, every day, if there is a problem, it obviously gets intensified. So I can see that the primary classroom has specific challenges that perhaps secondary doesn't.
3: What can you do if you've got a group of five-year-olds and a few of them are kicking off and you know, I've got a four-year-old boy and I know sometimes when they kick off, they kick off. Yeah. Give us a couple of the tips of, of things that teachers might be learning.
16: Well, a lot of classroom of management really is about building relationships mm. with children. Uh, as I say, you can use strategies. There's lots of uh, non-verbal strategies: the way you look at children, the way you approach, the way you anticipate bad behaviour when you see it brewing up, so you don't let it escalate to something and then you have to deal with the problem then. But it really is about building relationships with children, setting clear limits, making clear your expectations as a teacher, and following through when you make it clear that you know behaviour is not acceptable, that then you follow through with action when necessary.
3: You you mentioned there was a a difference between primary school and and secondary school uh, children, obviously there will be because of their age. What what kind of um, behavioural differences are there?
16: Well, I think when you go to secondary school you have all the... uh Challenges of adolescence kicking in, and that brings a whole set of different problems. Children have different types of relationships with adults and with each other as they go through their teenage years. But I think for, teenage, uh, for teachers specifically, uh, at secondary school, because you're probably only teaching a class an hour a day and you're moving to another class, if you have a particularly badly behaved child or a class that's causing you difficulties, you're not stuck with them for five hours for the day. So mm. I think for teachers, actually, the problems are probably more surmountable in secondary.
3: Simon, I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, it's Dr Simon Gibbons, Head of Teacher Education at the University of Bedfordshire, joined now by Labour Luton Borough Councillor Jackie Burnett, Governor of Farley and uh, Hilborough Junior Schools in the town. Morning to you, Jackie. Morning. What's the onus uh, on when it comes to discipline, disciplining children? Is it whose fault is it that we're having naughtier children? Is it the parents? Is it the, the
19: teachers? Is it society? I, I, would, I would put the responsibility, when you're talking about primary school, on the parents and society, because the parents are the first teachers, before they get into the classroom, it's the parents' responsibility. Children do not start school until three, four, four age, and I feel in society, misbehaviour is ex- more acceptable. Um, lots of countries in, in, in the world, do, teachers do not have to deal with behaviour, mm. but it's expected in this country, for teachers, of whatever age range they're teaching to have to do with it. And it's become a greater focus. In Ofsted, it is something that is considered. But nowhere in society by government or Ofsted or anybody has the debate as to why our children are misbehaving. They put the focus on the teachers to manage it, but nobody turns it back and says well why are children coming into school misbehaving what is it in society why is it acceptable what could what are parents not doing or could we support parents to do to make sure that their children come to school ready to learn and I've never heard a debate on that anywhere from Ofsted or Department of Education when children misbehave, the focus to me is on the teachers and I think that is unfair. Well
3: the thing is Jackie, if, if there was kind of a, a government stance on this, then parents would be up in arms saying, oh it's the nanny state, but I, I do think, you know, I, I've said before, I've got two boys, four and two, we teach them to say please and thank you, we teach them to listen as best we can, we, we've, you know, they sit down and read with us. Those things do begin from a very, very young age, or they should do at least.
19: But it's the same nanny to debate about nanny states the government compares us to other countries in the league table and they're asking for certain things to change they don't look on the comparisons of cultures and acceptance some of the um countries where they're comparing us to now and that they feel threatened about the children are not expected to misbehave in school they have strict ideas of discipline and respect so if you're going to compare one Teach and you have to compare all culturally, and I think it's unfair, you know, no debate when they're looking at the league tables of the top 20 countries on um, math, English and science are they putting it into context about what is expected within society of the child when they come to school
3: We've got a lot of overseas children, uh, or, or, or children from overseas backgrounds, but, uh, is their attitude towards school different do you think Jackie?
19: Well I think from what I've picked up that some certain parts of the world the teacher is respected they are looked up they're not seen as their their peer groups yeah but i think in this country you know children swear the amount of swearing i hear nowadays to their parents so if a child will swear to their parents when they're small why won't they swear to another another person and it seems to be acceptable It just seems to be acceptable, the languages that I hear when I'm going shopping. Not all, I can't say it's epidemic, but I would say that it's growing, yeah? And And I don't see anybody being prepared to have a conversation. Why is that? Why have we grown this way that we find it acceptable? If we're going to compare ourselves to other countries on education and attainment, look at everything, not just the teacher,
3: this, uh, this study from uh, Teachers Support Network says that um, uh, primary school teachers uh, are becoming increasingly stressed and depressed. Have you encountered anything
19: like that, Jackie? I, um, no, I think what has happened, more is expected of them in Ofsted, is something that is looked at. And even there's a programme that's been on BBC3 about young people going into teaching, and this was, I think it's secondary school that they're having to deal with behavior. And you can see those who seem to be able to engage more easily and get the respect of the children. Mm. And those that the the teacher is talking and they're still um, misbehaving. But what got me, it wasn't just the teacher was talking, the teacher was being observed, the head teacher was in the class and the children were still carrying on Mm. misbehaving. But in a lot lot of other countries, that's not, the the teacher's not dealing with that. It's down to the parents. So, and I think that's the thing that society to have. Don't put all the pressures on teachers. Teachers have so much to do. We need to go back. It's meant to be a relationship between the school, the pupil and the teacher. And no, nothing says about the parents here. It's, it's always about the teacher.
3: Jackie, I appreciate your time this morning. That's uh, Labour Borough Councillor Jackie Burnett. Well, over to you, parents, grandparents, teachers... People who have been to school, I'm guessing that's a significant majority of you. I'd hope so, anyway. Primary school kids are getting naughtier and naughtier. That's according to a survey. It's a very small survey, but it's all we've got to work with. And it says that it's increasing stress and depression in teachers. Well, whose fault is it that primary school kids, and we're talking four, five, six, are naughtier? Do you agree with Jackie It's the parents' responsibility. that At home, the parents should be teaching the please and thank yous, the manners, the sitting down and listening, the turning the TV off when they're told, sitting and reading. Or do you think that when you deliver a child to primary school at four, five, that it's the teacher's responsibility? You've done your bit. You've you've fed and clothed and bathed them for the last four years. Now it's up to the teachers to instil some manners, uh, as well as educating them about maths and English and painting. 08459 four double five five double five. Do parents need to take more responsibility when it comes to the behaviour of their primary school children? Their primary age children. Is that the parents' responsibility? Or should the teachers just man up a bit? Get on with it, for goodness sakes! Oh, 08459 five, 555 double, five, double, 81333. Three. Start your text 3CR. It's exactly 7.15. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Alice Gossip. Travel news for beds, hearts and
4: bugs.
9: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise is slow at Junction 16 for the M40 and in Brickettwood the North Orbital very heavy going at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. On the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound is queuing up to Waltham Cross and also in Hitchin, the A505 looking very busy heading into the centre of town. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. (laughs)
3: Right, 7.15, it's uh, Friday the 14th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Primary school teachers across the three counties are having to cope with a decline in children's behaviour over the last five years. That's according to new research. Police have arrested a fifth man in connection with the murder of Isaac Stone in Bedford last month. And in sport, Bedford Rugby Club's match at Ealing tonight is subject to a midday pitch inspection. Keep listening to 3CR. We'll give you an update as soon as we have it. 08 459 455 555. Whose responsibility is it to instil good behaviour in our three-, four-, five-year-old children? Is it the parents? Or is it the teachers? Should the teachers be doing more? Are they not as good as they used to be? 08459 455 555
8: BBC Three Counties Radio
1: Tomorrow afternoon, Three Counties Sport will bring you another four live commentaries Did it again! That scores! We'll be at Vicarage Road, Stadium MK the New York Stadium and Kenilworth Road Andre Gray, number 18 for the season Soko turns it into the net What a goal from Isle McLeod! What a
2: wonderful finish this afternoon!
1: There'll also be regular updates from Wickham.
2: Fantastic strike with Stuart Lewis.
1: Tomorrow afternoon from two in Three Counties Sport, here on BBC Three
3: Counties Radio. The thing is, that's how Luke Ashmi talks in the office. I've just made myself a wonderful cup of coffee. It's fantastic! Incredible scene! This is wonderful! I've managed to get onto a computer that's got Radio Man installed. I can edit audio! It's very noisy when Luke's in the office, isn't it? It's a bit it? off-putting, yes. And the boss has not responded to any of my emails complaining about it. <laughs> Not at all. Kelly, do a Luke impression.
17: Luke me? Yeah. What, what, in what situation? Give oh. me a situation.
3: All right, so um, Luke has just come in and he has secured a fantastic parking space in the car park. Score! It's based on a true story. It's based on a true story. Ah, dear. Um, talking about bad behaviour. Whose who's fault, whose responsibility is it? Uh, in our younger children, three, four, five, six, seven-year-olds... Brian's in High Wycombe. Morning, Brian. Good morning. Brian, what have you got for me?
20: Um, I think it's all of our responsibility, but I think there are many factors. But one, I've noticed a change in the years. I've been going into school for well, 74 years now, since... Uh, Gosh. And uh,
3: <laughs> you, have, you, have you not passed
20: yet? <laughs> no, I still haven't got out. Um, I want to, but... uh, Oh,
3: you're the gentleman that goes in and teaches chess, aren't you?
20: Yes. Yes, we've
3: spoken before, yes.
20: I can be boring on the subject, but I think I've noticed that uh, half the schools in South Bucks used to have, oh, about 20 children playing chess, and uh, we had dealt with hundreds of them, but teachers were able to get involved with after-school activities, and I think now, since the 80s, that was when the change came. Teachers said, well, pressure on us is being made so great now that we're just not going to do the voluntary things we used to. And I think that was very reasonable because there was a change in the education system. And I think uh, table tennis is another thing. <coughs> I mentioned chess, but I used to see table tennis tables up in the school, but only one independent school that I go into do I notice that now. So a lot of these things that children used to like going into mm. school for Aren't there and the pressures are put on now, uh, really just on the academic subject.
3: I was such a geek at school. I started up a chess club <laughs> at school. Tony Loft got all the credit for it, though, so I stormed out and refused to go. But I used to love a game of chess at lunchtime.
20: Yeah. How old are the kids that you're teaching? Well, I like the uh, years two and <coughs> years two and three because I manage. So that's county- like seven and eight year olds, isn't it? Yeah, because I manage the county under nine team and I'm finding it very difficult. I really have to go teaching if I, I want to stop now at eight uh, well my eightieth year stop teaching in schools, but i can 't find people to take over and one school's even paying me paying my taxi fare oh. to take me uh, uh, fifteen well no, ten miles uh, to school in the after, on a Monday afternoon, so this is what it means to that particular school who values the benefits of chess um, uh, uh, for education, the know, uh, the concentration, lots it, of cool things.
3: It, well, Brian, listen, I appreciate, we've got, we've got to move on, because we are going to move on to another story, but you keep up the good work for as long as you feel you can. Isn't that great, teaching, uh, seven and eight-year-olds chess? I used to love chess when I was a kid. I used to love it. <clears throat> I used to really, really enjoy it. I remember I once got into a fight with Duncan Smith, because he won, and I was really annoyed, so I got his Queen... And he had a flask full of tomato soup. And I, I dropped his queen in the flask full of tomato soup. He beats the living hell out of me.
17: Chess-based violence. I
3: know. I know. It was all Smith? kicking off. Sorry.
17: Not Duncan Smith. Yeah. From your school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. I dropped
3: his queen into his... He had a flask full of tomato soup. And I dropped it in there. And he went... He went... I mean, he was a little bit... And he went nuts. He went nuts!
17: Wow, well, I'd hate to see him go nuts. It he was... Mess with a man's queen... Surely you know that. First well, rule of chess.
3: I don't know if it was his queen or his soup he was more upset about. But, I mean, he, dragged, he had to drink the soup to get the queen out. Oh, come on. Yeah, of course. It's like getting your tinkle stuck in a hole, isn't it? Tinker. Thank you very much indeed. The reason we're talking about tinkles in, tinkers in holes is because you've only got to see, turn on the TV to see the fantastic work done by the firefighters at the moment. Haven't they been superb? They've been a constant pre- presence in flooded-out areas. In fact, it looks as if they'll be working to pump out Marlowe well into next week which is why I was a little bit surprised to read they'd had time to spend two hours pulling a dog out of a rabbit hole in Woburn Park. Two hours, Catherine, Woban. pulling... Woburn? Because it is Woburn. Yeah, no, I'm not, so it's it
17: not? Are you sure? Yeah, we're wo- positive. It's it, definitely Woburn Park. It's a different
3: place. You, you want to say Woburn, don't you?
17: I can't help but... Say Woburn. We've been... Thank
3: you very much indeed. The owners of Tinker the Terrier are, of course, delighted to get their little pet back. But I kind of thought that the firefighters weren't doing Cats Up Trees gigs anymore. Well, Fraser Pearson is from the uh, Bucks Fire and Rescue Service. Morning, Fraser. Good morning, Ian. What What happened in this incident?
21: In, in this incident, um, a, well, Tinker the Terrier was, was on uh, a family walk and disappeared down a rabbit hole and became stuck couldn't turn round, couldn't back out of the hole and managed to sort of um, you know, gather some, some rubble behind, um, I'm not sure if it was a him or her, I'm afraid, um, and, and was basically stark. Mm. Um, but I just sort of going back to the point you made in, in the intro, I, I think the context is important here. I mean, certainly dealing with Tinker on Sunday didn't affect in any way the, 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 the support we were giving to the, the flood relief operation down in Marlow and elsewhere. Also, I mean, we, we get about 999 calls every year and probably go to between 10 and 20 um, instances of, 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 of dogs down holes and the occasional cat up a tree. Cats up trees are very much more the domain of the RSPCA.
3: I, I thought that that um, in in times of, of cutbacks, as as we know that everybody's having to face, including the fire service, that the fire service had said, "You know what? We're, we're not going to do these anymore. We're going to deal with with what could be considered real emergencies."
21: Yeah, I mean that, that that's our core business, and we're trying not to do them. But what tends to happen is what, what motivates us, or, or what sort of pushes us to go out, is the possibility of the the situation escalating and becoming. A person trapped, or a person um, in trouble. I mean, many of the um, the situations we've been to over the years have involved people going into swollen rivers, people going onto frozen lakes and that sort of thing to retrieve a pet. I mean, it, it's human nature if you have a pet. A pet is part of the family. Oh, of course. Um, and you don't want to just stand by and see it. So, so very distressing for the
3: pet. Oh, of course. Listen, as, as, as a pet owner, if anything yeah. happened to my cat, I would be absolutely devastated. But, but do you not sometimes think, phrase oh, for goodness sake, go and get a shovel and dig it out yourself? <laughs>
21: I think the problem with this one on Sunday was there was a, um, a bit of consternation at first as to whether it was a rabbit hole or a badger set. Ah. The badger sets are protected, you just can't go dig. Right, OK. And um, there was also the possibility of, of um, having to dig a fairly substantial hole, which we managed to avoid by sending a, um, a special camera down first that actually sort of crack the hole. And the possibility... Well, oh, your
3: snake was, eye cam.
21: A snake eye camera, yeah. So it's like a sort of bendy um, rods with, um, with a camera on the end of it. Wow. And obviously, if it was just left to somebody else to do, and I'm not suggesting for a moment that these dog walkers would have done a bad job, but they could possibly have left some sort of hole for somebody to fall in. So, on balance, we decided, yes, it's best that we just go out and do this. Um, and.
3: How did you get it out, Fraser? Did you did you hook hook the dog? Did you suck it out with a tube? What did
0: you do?
21: <laughs> no, they literally did it the old-fashioned way. Having sent the camera down and, and got a feel for a where the dog was and, and b what what why do you route this rabbit hole took. Yeah, they just got shovels and they dug for about two meters.
3: The RSPCA uh, suggested that maybe putting a bit of food out can be enough to get an animal out. Would that have got
21: tinker out? In many cases it is, and I think that that, that's the trick with getting cats down, please. You sort of wave uh, an open tin of cats. I think that Paul Tinker was physically stark, could, could not...
3: Right. Oh, like, dear.
21: ...with nearly being, you know, ravenous at the smell of the food, but not able to
3: Have you it. considered charging? Because some fire services charge for things like this. I think it's like £4.20 an hour or something. Maybe... Is, is that not a way to reach a compromise?
21: It's a lot more than that. And then certainly the market rate, if you had to hire a private company to come out and do, um, you know, what, some of the things we have to do would be would be hundreds of pounds right i mean the, the decision as to whether to charge for these types of things is um is, is something for our uh, buckinghamshire and milton Keynes fire authority to, right okay uh, but importantly i think anything we can do and you can do to encourage um dog walkers in particular just to be on the lookout for hazards and keep the dog away from a swollen river, keep it on the lead rather when, when you're near a swollen river, a frozen lake. And if you're in a field where, you know, which you're, you're unfamiliar with or where you know there could be loads of holes and burrows and warrens and what have you, keep it on the lead because, as I said, it's very stressful for the for the animal, very stressful for the owner and, you know, can tie up emergency service resources as well. And
3: Fraser, how is the flood relief going on? Have you you managed to pump out Marlow yet? (laughs) Yes, um,
21: pretty much. I mean, it's been an incredible um, uh, week so far. The difficulty is uh, it's mainly groundwater, Mm. and so although um, the the main site we're operating at in Marlow is about 500 metres away from the Thames, the water just keeps coming up the drains. Right. Um, And it's under control
3: as we speak, but uh, obviously we're all... There's more to come, isn't there? That's the problem. The weather forecast. Fraser, you're doing a cracking job. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ian. Cheers, there we go. Fraser Pearson from Bucks Fire and Rescue. Robbie's in Watford. Morning, Robbie. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. You've you've got a story about uh, an animal in distress.
22: (laughs) Yeah, um, I was about... uh, So it was uh, 1993. I was five years old. Um... And me and my brother and my mum and my dad, we lived in Sunderland. So, like, right up there. I'm north. sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, me too. Um, we, uh, we had a dog, a black Labrador, that my dad had been given as a birthday present. Um, so we, we took it out for a walk. And we there's a place up in... Do you ever watch the end of the Great North Run? No. Okay great. Well, <laughs> Sorry to,
3: to, to <laughs> cut
22: that there. No, I don't. OK, there's a place in Sunderland which is called Marsden Rocks, which is like big fields, yeah. but they're right next to the beach. They're like cliffs. OK, yeah. And they're huge fields, like massive, like sizes of football pitches. And um, we, we took our dog out for a walk, and he would always chase the football that me and my brother were kicking around. And so we were kicking the football around, and then suddenly... He he was about two or three years old, and he just kind of ran off somewhere, yeah. chasing other things. And he was chasing a seagull. Oh no! And he thought the football was a se- or he thought the seagull was a football. Oh no! Chased the seagull. Seagull moved out of the way, oh. and he plummeted over the side of the cliff. He jumped over the edge of a cliff. Well, he didn't jump. He it wasn't like he was willing it. He to he, he plummeted. He plummeted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, blimey. like a stone. Yes. And uh, and the tide was in, stone. and so. He landed in the sea. Oh. And so the first thing that we did, well, first thing I did was wonder where the football was. Second thing was...
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, good one.
22: Second thing was, um, oh, no, where's the dog? Yeah. And then basically my mum kind of said, don't look, over the, don't look over the edge. My dad looked over the edge, saw the tide was in. So he thought, well, I have to call the fire brigade. So he called the fire brigade and quite legitimately they said there was absolutely nothing they could do. Because, yeah. I mean, depend on the tide, he could have been in. Norway. Yes, yes. Um, So anyway, so we went home, minus the dog. Yeah. Um, and my dad actually went back the next day when the tide was out and found him. Oh, no. Dead. And he, he was dead,
3: yes. Uh, yes, I, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Robbie? Yeah. And I, I want you to delve deep into your memory banks here. You're telling the yes. story that the, uh, the, the dog jumped for a seagull.
22: Yes. Did you, re- did you actually kick a ball over the edge of the cliff? No, I didn't because we actually did find the football. You got
3: the football back. Well, that's and the reason that I,
22: the reason that I remember that was because it was an Italian 90 special ball. <laughs> he got his Italian 90 special
3: back. He lost a dog. Travel news for
4: beds, hards and bugs.
9: BBC 3 Counties Radio. The M40 northbound is blocked at Junction 6 for Watlington after an accident. Police and ambulance services are on the scene. Traffic quite heavy on the approach there. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing between junctions 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On the speed sensors, the A5 looking slow in both directions around Dunstable. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
9: This is
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Primary school teachers across the three counties are having to cope with a decline in children's behaviour over the last five years, according to new research. Police have arrested a fifth man in connection with the murder of Isaac Stone in Bedford last month. Yesterday, detectives named an 18-year-old they wanted to speak to. He later handed himself in. And a boat was severely damaged by fire on the Grand Union Canal in Bletchley last night. The river cruiser was moored by Stoke Road. Three Counties Sports.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: Team GB are on course for a first gold medal at the Winter Olympics as Lizzie Yarnold goes into the second day of the women's skeleton with almost a half-second lead over the rest of the field. Bedford Rugby Club resume championship action away to Ealing this evening, although the game is subject to a midday pitch inspection. There are two changes from last week's defeat to Bristol. Forwards coach Martin Hines wants to build on that performance that knows has got to be the minimum standard. We want that every week from the lads and, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure
15: if we get that uh, commitment the lads will have a great uh, second half You know, back into the season because they'll be enjoying the, the rugby they're playing and, and, and the support and everything will, will get behind
1: them. In tomorrow's football, Watford hosts Middlesbrough in the Championship. In League One, Milton Keynes-Dons are at home to Oldham. Stevenage resume their relegation battle with a trip to Rotherham. Despite being bottom of the table, manager Graham Wesley says his side are making progress.
23: We are where we are in the League, can't do anything about that, but it's funny, people look at it and think you're bottom. Um, we were rock bottom when I came back. In terms of form, 14 defeats in 17 is rock bottom. Um, we're bottom now, which is a big improvement on where we were. We've taken 20 points in our last 17 games. So, Stevenage is
1: on the rise. In League Two, Wickham are at Cheltenham and conference leaders Luton host Hereford with the pitch cover in place ahead of today's latest downpour. And in ice hockey, Milton Keynes' lightning are through to the English Premier League Cup final after a 5-4 overtime win at Manchester last night gave them a 10-9 aggregate victory. They'll play Basingstoke Bison in the final. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at 8.
8: Call 08459 455
1: 555. BBC Three Counties
3: Radio. Morning! Catherine, uh, during the news, uh, lent over to me metaphorically, and uh, what did you say, Catherine?
11: Can't remember, what did I say? This is
3: the most mental show we've ever done. <laughs> and I, 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 I agree. Isn't it taking many odd twists and turns? Yes. Shall we carry on in that vein?
11: Well, let's see what happens next. You right, Kelly? Hiya.
3: Any chance of a cough-cough? cough cough Two shugs.
11: No, don't do that one.
3: No, don't do that one. Uh, Lots to talk about this morning. Uh, Naughty children. Whose fault is it that three, four, five, six-year-old primary school children are, well, according to one survey, becoming naughtier? Is it the responsibility of the parents? Is it society? I never know what that means when people... Oh, I blame society. I don't don't know what society is. I don't know who you're blaming. That seems seems a, a vague kind of... Oh, it's society's fault. It's society's fault. Doesn't, does not, it doesn't mean anything, does, does it? Does it mean
11: a change in attitude towards young people?
3: I think it's a cop-out. Mm. I think saying it... Oh, it, oh I, I blame society. Oh, it's, it's, it's a, society's fault. It doesn't mean... It's, it's what? It's society's... Studio line, style your hair. Any way anyway you, you like, like it. it. It's studio, studio line. It's not studio line's fault at all. Uh, 08459 455 555. Primary school teacher uh, children, according to one survey, are becoming naughtier and it's upsetting the teachers. Whose fault is that? Or do the teachers need to kind of just, you know, man up a bit, be a bit more responsible? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Mandy's in Hendon. Morning, Mandy. Good morning. What would you like to say, Mandy? I, I when my daughter joined her primary school she's she's
2: just coming to the end now she's going to be joining secondary school oh my later gosh
3: on. that mu- I know. It, that must be a real shock for you
2: that age it's, it's flown by it's been uh, it's been lovely actually the primary experience i really enjoyed she's going to
3: be a stroppy teenager she's,
2: she's getting there she's getting there <laughs> is it started already yeah it's brilliant good early. for her well done um, I, was, I was advised by my dad, who's an ex-school teacher, um, when she joined school, he said, whatever you do, support the teachers as much as you can. Um, they've got so much to do. Try not to be obstructive and try and support them. And don't be too quick to jump at them at every opportunity. And I've, I've really taken that on board. Mm. and I've, I've really, sometimes, you know, when they're very little and you think they're very defenseless, um, you're the only person that can do right by them. You, you feel that you've got to sort of fight their corner a little bit. Um, as they've got older, um, I have found that parents sometimes are a little bit too quick.
3: To, def- to, to defend their child and not listen to the other side?
2: Not listen to the teacher. Yeah. or um, What I'm finding is constantly in the playground being told that, can you believe what the teacher said yesterday? and I'm going in there and I've got an appointment and I'm going to be talking and sometimes I, I sort of, mm, okay, I don't think that it's really necessary to challenge them on that um, because you don't know the full situation you weren't sitting in the classroom when the incident happened and you've only got half the story and I, I do try and count to 10 myself before mm. you know going back in there and saying why did you do it?
3: It's an interesting one, isn't it? I remember being, I remember being at primary school and um, if I got in t- trouble with my teachers or if, if my parents got called in, which they did a few times as I was a naughty little boy, um, my parents would always take the side of the teachers. They would always listen to what the teacher said, they'd ask me for my side, uh, and they'd generally go with what the teacher said. Sometimes they got it wrong, that was a wrong call, but more often than not, the, it, you know, the teacher was telling the truth and, and, and I was, was was lying. And you're saying that that doesn't seem to happen now?
2: I, I find that the parents are challenging the teachers a lot.
14: Yeah.
2: From my experience. I'm not, I'm not obviously speaking for every problem no. school. Um, I find that they challenge them a lot and there's a lot of conversations where the situation gets escalated um, just by talking to other people who've perhaps not liked what the teachers said yeah. the day before A little and bit
3: of playground gossip
2: a bit of playground gossip and um,
3: Maddie, and then, when, your, when your little girl went to primary school, yeah. d- I mean, did she know the basics? Did she know the pleas and the thank yous and the sit down at meals? And and, and and you know, could she sit down and hold a book and be entertained by a book and all those kind of basic things?
2: She needed constant reminding. I yeah. wouldn't ever say she was perfect, yeah, of course. So. I sometimes thought that she thought please came after me saying what do you say. Yeah.
3: Oh <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's very true, yeah. Yeah, but um, but a little a little nudge what what do you say? You, you know that that's kind of, that's still getting them on the right track, isn't it?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um I I sometimes when I when I hear something has sort of happened in the classroom, I sometimes say to her what happened there and she will say oh boys were being really naughty. Um so you sort of hear it from other points of view already because your child was actually sitting in the classroom when that incident happened
14: mm.
2: um, but to, I, I, I just feel that the, the teachers have got a very tough job with 30 oh, yeah. plus children and you know sometimes don't rush down there.
3: Mandy listen we've got to move on thank you very much indeed uh, 08459 555 is the phone number uh, one of the things I'm trying to do with, with my eldest boy he's only four so it's still early days, and he doesn't always say please and thank you. you no, not of mine. You have to give him a little nudge. And I
11: recognise that thing of what do you say? Yeah. The other it, day I didn't hear what my daughter said, and I said, "What did you say?" And she yeah. said, "Sorry, please, thank you."
3: Yeah. But he'll do it, you know. And when when we go and buy things in shops, if he buys a comic, I'll get him. I'll give him the money. He'll yeah. pay for it. He'll walk off, and I say, oh, "Excuse me, Mister, come back." Can you, what do you say? Oh, thank you. And he'll do that. And another thing I'm instilling in him is, is kids quite kids at four and five lie. They lie to protect themselves. Uh, and what I'm doing is if some, if there's like a, a little incident, a scuffle or something. At school, he'll tell me something, and I say, "Well, are you sh- is that really what happened? Because that's not what I heard happened." Oh, no, that's what happened. I say, "Look, I'm, I'm not. I'm not angry. I would be. I would be more disappointed." if you didn't tell me the truth about what happened than if you'd been naughty. Yeah. Um, we don't really say the word naughty, but whatever. Uh, and he's getting better at coming out and telling me the truth because I would rather hear the truth from him, even if he's in the wrong, than him make up a lie to make him look better.
11: What do you say when a child, another child has done something quote-unquote naughty? Do you use that? Uh,
3: what, what, what? Well,
11: it's just that my daughter's getting into that girl thing oh, where yeah. I'm not your best friend anymore, she was mean to me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. blah. And I'll say to her... This is the way the tactic I use is. Some people are still learning how to behave. Yeah, you show them. I say,
3: son, you go back in there and you hit him as hard as you can in the stomach. Yeah, that's what I thought. There we go. You hit him first, then you run. (laughs) That used to be advice that dads would give to their boys.
11: My mum started out with the nice stuff, and then by the end, it was belting on, Yeah, you
3: you kick him as hard as you can between the legs, and then you run. (laughs) Oh eight four five. I would never. I would never say that. It's a joke. Before you start complaining on the internet. Wendy's in Luton. Morning, Wendy. Hiya. Hello, Wendy. What would you like to say? I actually live in... Not Luton, but I travel to Luton every day.
24: Ah, so do I. To take my grandson
3: your, to... Your, um, your line is not great, Wendy. Let's see how we get on. What would you like to say? And if it's not working, we'll call you back on a different line.
24: Um, basically, I wanted to say that... Um, I travel to Luton every day to take my grandson to school. And... I always believed that anything that comes to a child comes from a parent, not the teacher, initially. They learn education and stuff, but the parents should install manners, discipline, and stuff like that. Um, And I don't see it, because I see parents swearing, smoking in front of children
3: Good and why do you think that's cha- I mean, uh, saying that, I mean, my dad used to smoke in front of me when I was a kid, and he used to swear in front of me. And I still like to think that as a five-, six-year-old, I was, um, this old-fashioned word, respectful of the teachers.
24: Ah, that's where it comes into the parents, because I've installed into my grandson that it's wrong, and when he hears parents swearing or, or that he sees them smoking, he says, Nanny, that's naughty, isn't it, what they're doing? So he understands that because it's been put into him from us. A lot of children don't. They just think it's normal. Some teachers, Wendy... go along
3: doing it themselves. Some teachers, Wendy, some, some yeah. are fantastic and are brilliant. And I'm so blessed that my little boy's teacher is just... She, she is just magical with those kids. They love her and they respect her and it's right. brilliant. But some teachers, Wendy, they're not very good, are they? they? They are out of their depth a little bit when they've got a classroom full of kids.
24: Well... Yeah, I suppose, but I find the school that my grandson goes to are really good with the child and with the parent. Yeah, um, You will get good and bad schools. I've brought four children up of my own, and uh, I found a variation in schools because I put two, three of my children into a Luton school, and one of them I sent to the school in Cannington. And the education and the way the teachers were in Cannington was totally different to the way they were in Luton. So, so it, it, it goes it, on areas, I it, think. It varies well. from area
3: to area. Wendy, thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to uh, give me a call, then you can do. I, I think, personally, the responsibility is with the parents to kind of instill that just that basic... Manners, respect, which is a thing that isn't always shown here at BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: My sister was a primary school teacher.
3: Oh, yeah. Um,
11: She's just having a career break while she has children.
3: Oh, dear. But she remembers
11: very vividly one day a mum coming into school to ask when she would start teaching about please and thank you.
3: Oh, no, really? Yeah. That's from, like, day one. That's when you're holding a baby. You're As the parent, you're saying please and thank you. Or ta. Yeah, Ta. 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 Exactly. Kelly, when did you learn to say please and thank you?
17: I still haven't. Yeah, still I, working
11: on it. I so. know.
3: Isn't that outrageous? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. So the owner should be on the parents, of course it should be, and if, if 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 it isn't, then shame on you as parents. But there are some teachers, and we've all maybe we, we went to school with them, maybe uh, we've seen our kids being taught by them. There are some teachers that aren't very good that are a little bit out of their depth or sometimes massively out of their depth when they're confronted by a classroom full of kids oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call Wowzers! um uh, you can go to facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr you can also send me an email Ian.Lee at bbc.co.uk. We've been sent an amazing email. I just saw the email that you forwarded to me, Kath, about, um, we were talking yesterday about the gentleman, we we'll to talk about it more in a minute, actually. The gentleman who's, um, who died, 72-year-old gentleman who died uh, and had no family, and we spoke to a, a, an undertaker who um, goes to funerals for people that don't yes. have any family or anything. More on that story in a few minutes. But we had an amazing email. From, uh, from a lady telling, re- recounting her tale of, of what happened to her and her sister. It's too long to read on the radio. I'll try and s- summarise it. I mean, it's massive. We'll try and summarise it before, before the end of the show. It's incredible, isn't it? It is. Just an incredible story. Uh, Ian.Lee at bbc.co.uk. It's a quarter to eight. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
9: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 northbound has cleared Junction 6 for Watlington after an accident. On the M25 anti-clockwise, we've got reports of a rolling roadblock between Junction 22 for London Coney and 21A for St Albans. In High Wycombe, the A404 southbound building up between the Handycross roundabout and Maidenhead. And then on the speed sensors in Clophill, the A6 looking slow at the Clophill roundabout public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Thank you very much, Alice. Where's my- my where's my head 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 there's my head there's my head Morning, it's 7.46. It's Friday the 14th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Primary school teachers across the three counties are having to cope with a decline in children's behaviour over the last five years. That's according to new research. The former boss of Marks & Spencer, Sir Stuart Rose, is going to become an advisor for the NHS, concentrating on 14 trusts in special measures, including Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust. And in sport, Bedford rugby clubs match at Ealing tonight is is subject to a midday pitch inspection. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Let's get the latest weather. Here's Georgina Burnett. Beds,
18: hearts and bucks weather.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
18: Good morning. The Met Office have a yellow warning in place for rain until 6 o'clock tomorrow morning and a one for wind is uh, in place for areas surrounding because we have got some strong winds coming, particularly tonight. But for today, the, really this uh, rain spreading northeastwards is the main picture for today and that's going to bring f- maybe 15 to 25 millimetres of rainfall. Uh, behind it, some fairly heavy showers which could fall as hail on higher ground and strong winds, south to southwesterly winds with temperatures reaching 10 or 11 degrees Celsius. Now tonight, those showers continue, but the winds increase peaking in the early hours of the morning, so we could have uh, maybe up to 50 miles per hour in some parts. Temperatures down to 6 or 7 degrees Celsius. Tomorrow, the strong winds continue. We've also got some blustery showers around, but everything starts to ease a little later in the day, and we should have some bright spells at uh, various times throughout the day, with temperatures reaching 9 or 10 degrees Celsius. And Sunday, quite a quiet A settled day, really. It starts off with patchy frost, but it should be brighter, drier, with the winds easing. But on Monday we have another wet and very windy day to come. Tuesday, mist and fog around, but quite quiet again. But Wednesday, another showery day. Thank
3: you very much, Georgina.
18: Every weekday morning from 9,
8: the JVS Show. Well, whose fault
25: is it that there are so many fat people in this country? It's
8: a horrible word. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. But why do you want to kind of tiptoe around the issue? People are people. People aren't fat just because they're big. Tackling your consumer
3: problems. Over the last few months, I've been palmed off every few days.
25: There are some absolute rogues out there yeah. in the car industry. Tim, I'm going to send uh, Wayne in yes, to
4: you. Please. Let's get some detail and we'll get this sorted you. out.
8: The J- ABS show weekdays from nine BBC three counties radio across beds hearts and bucks
3: this is Ian Lee
8: BBC three counties
3: radio look familiar did that look familiar yeah uh we're talking about the fire brigade they rescued a trapped terrier in a tunnel should the fire service be rescuing animals Chris is on the M1 morning Chris Mr. what's what's your story well, my friend's horse whiskey was
2: pulled out of a ditch the other day. It was pulled out, d- out of a what, sorry? Pulled out of a ditch.
3: Oh, yes. Uh, by the Putin uh, and Benton Fire How did the fibre get... How, okay. How did it get stuck in a ditch? Well, what had happened is falling into this ditch and it filled up with water overnight. Oh, blimey. He had in one of its legs. Oh, dear. And it obviously He just couldn't move. And they sent two teams of firemen out. And what did they do? Did they just pull its tail? Uh, no. Oh. No, uh, they just pulled its leg. Well, they pulled its leg
22: out? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, OK. You're <laughs>
3: pulling my leg now. Yes, go on.
22: No, did- they uh, hoisted him out, and um, I'm very pleased to say they put him in the wall
2: stable, and he recovered.
22: But uh, Stuart, who I feel, is an uh, ex-fireman. And... Um, Dr. Kelly,
3: which is so grateful that they managed to rescue whiskey. Chris, I'm going to let you go because the line is awful. But we got the, the the main bulk of the message that whiskey, the horse, was rescued. Hands up, who would love to see a horse in a harness just being lifted through the town? I would pay top dollar for that. Now, yesterday on the program, we talked about Peter James Green from High Wycombe. You remember this? The coroner in Buckinghamshire is trying to trace his family after he passed away, leaving no information about next of kin, no friends, anything like that. 72 years old. He was known as Jim. He lived in Totteridge Road for about three years. It's thought he'd always been local to High Wycombe or the surrounding area. If you know anything, do give us a call. You're not in trouble. okay? Coroner's office said there are no suspicious circumstances, but as hypothermia was a factor in his death, there will need to be an inquest, and his relatives should have the chance to attend. Well, we spoke to John Good. We were all amazed by John Good. John Good is now the hero of the office at BBC Three Counties Radio. He's a funeral director in Bedfordshire, and he's held funerals for people who have no relatives. Really touching. He explained why it was important that enough effort was made to find family members.
12: I hate being the only mourner at a funeral. My guys would just carry the coffin into the creme or the cemetery or or whatever. Uh, And and I stand there and do a couple of minutes silence, and I just think about that person's life. He'd been on this planet for, say, 70 years, and there's no one to say farewell to him.
3: John Good, one of the the, the decent people on this earth. They do walk this earth. Anyway, this was on the show yesterday, uh, and while I was banging on about it, uh, listening on his car radio was an employee of the company Finders, um, which has just started filming for the BBC programme Air Hunters. I'm joined now by the managing director of Finders, Daniel Curran. Morning, Daniel. Good morning, Ian. So it was you that was listening on, on your car radio, were you?
23: Yeah, it was even more unusual, and that it was in a taxi. Wowzers, and wow. A, and the taxi driver was listening to it, so I heard it by chance.
3: And, well, listen, I've got to say, when we mentioned Air Hunters in the office yesterday, a programme I've not seen, if I'm completely honest, mm-hmm. but uh, everybody else went, oh, I love Air Hunters. Oh, I love Air Hunters. You, you seem to have caught everybody's imagination. These kind of stories, uh, Peter James Green, how, how common are they?
23: Well, surprisingly, there's, there's quite a lot of cases. Uh, for example, I think uh, a city like Birmingham do about 300 what they call public health funerals every year. Wow. So that's 300 people. And what, what we do is we work with the councils, and there's no charge to them for our work. So we're constantly saying to councils and coroners that we'll do this work for you free of charge. And when we find if – if someone is, does leave an estate, then we will ask for a commission from the heirs that we find but other than that, if it's low value, then we'll just do it for nothing. And um, it's, you know, hopefully leads to a nice conclusion for the family. They can get how, back in touch.
3: How difficult can... I mean, how do you do it? Do you go through kind of all their possessions at home to see if there's a phone number scribbled down? Do you do it online? What, what What's the process?
23: Uh, well, there's no simple way of saying there's no one process. Often it can be someone that contacts us, a lawyer or, say, as a counsel, um, and they will often have gone through the deceased possessions. But then we start to build... Often we build up a family tree um, using public records and public data, and then we find out the names of the actual people we're looking for. Um, and from then on, uh, we we go to the various databases that we use to try and find living people.
3: Have you ever been completely stumped, Daniel? Well, You've, you've, you've worked and you've looked and you've, you've, you've dug around as much as you can and you just can't find anything out?
23: Yes, but... They, they, what happens then is that from it becomes a part of the legal process. You can then take out an insurance which uh, covers the other heirs against this person suddenly appearing. So uh. from the legal point of view, everyone can receive their money safely uh, and no one's ever going to ask them for that money back again.
3: And have you ever had to make that that phone call we see in films, where you, you phone up? say, is this Mrs. Johnson? Yes, it is. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but your your great great uncle Stan has died. But he's left you two million pounds. Do you ever have anything like that?
23: Well, the two million pounds part aside, we do make those uh, dozens of those phone calls every day. Wow! Um,
3: and do people believe you? Because it it it, it could sound like a, a bit of a scam, couldn't it?
23: Well, well prior, yeah, I mean, prior to the BBC show, the the plus side of Air Hunters on BBC is that more people know about this now. Um, so uh, a few years ago, it'd be more trying to convince people that we are genuine. Um, and now it's more about, um, you know, more questions around the TV show and, and how we go about our work and that sort of thing. So there is an element of suspicion, but it's often, you know, there's enough information there to convince people that um it's not some elaborate scam mm.
3: and does does um working with the air hunters tv show does is, is that a help or a hindrance would you say
23: well so far it's, it's not too much of a hindrance because um they they you know it becomes quite uh routine for that for the cameras to come in uh to record a few stories with them um it does take some input and some time um and it's, it's all unpaid as well so oh really uh, yeah oh, yeah nice. um, um so we just you know but it's it's a mixture because you know the the actual we have to take time out of our day to, to supply them with stories but then on the plus side of course there's the publicity
3: you get to look into um the people's lives that would otherwise uh, be forgotten i would imagine there are some quite sad stories you dig out
23: yeah i mean there's some some very very sad ones actually you know we've we've done one on the next series of air hunters where a lady uh, shortly before her death was predis- her uh, son and her grandson both died, you know, a matter of months before her death oh dear. So then you then into tracing more extended family um, But stories like that unfortunately happen all the time
3: Daniel, can I ask, how, how did you get into a job like this? Were you, were you a police officer or something? What's your background?
23: No, no, actually I, I knew someone that worked in the industry in uh, 1990 um, And so I just uh, went for a job there and then form my own company in 97. Um, and then it's just gone from there,
3: really. Well, Daniel, listen, I don't want to put you on the spot, but, but would, you be, would it be OK if I gave you the coroner's details and you had a word with them? I don't want to, you don't have to say yes if you don't want to. I don't know how this works, but um, I know we're all interested to find out what happened to uh, Peter James Green. Well, the,
23: yeah, absolutely. We'll speak to the coroner and, and we'll, we'll help him out and we'll find this, this man's relatives if there are any. Um, ironically, the man I saw yesterday in Bedford was called Mr Green. Oh. And uh, he, he asked me if I could find him a relative, so uh, it might be sooner than expected.
3: Wowzers. D- Daniel, <laughs> listen, you're very, very kind. Thank you so much for getting in touch with the show. Uh, the co- Let's give the company uh, a plug. It's, uh, it's Finders. That's cool. uh, and when, do we know when the next series of Air Hunters starts, when we can see you on TV?
23: Well, we're pretty sure it's before the end of March, okay. so it's imminent, but they... they don't give us much
3: notice. Okay, well, listen, we'll, we'll stay on the line. I'll give you the, to Catherine and we'll put you in touch with the, uh, with the coroners and, and hopefully we'll, we'll speak to you in a few weeks, maybe with some good news. Yeah, lovely. Be pleased to, yeah. Daniel, thank you very much. What a nice chap. What a ni- Isn't it funny? This story has really unearthed just some of the nicest, nicest people. We had the wonderful John Goods, the funeral director, on yesterday, who were all in the office yesterday going, What else can we do with this guy? We want to get him on the radio, but we don't quite know what to do with him. And then Daniel Curran. Uh, the uh, managing director of Finders. It's going to be on BBC Air Hunters. Listening in in a taxi. Thank you, cab driver. Got in touch yesterday and uh, says, "Yeah, I can." Uh, we'll have a look at this. Oh, isn't this fantastic? We we, we may be uh, onto something here. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you do know anything about Peter James Green from High Wycombe or Jim seventy two lived in Totteridge Road for three years, do give us a call um, and um, we'll, we'll maybe we'll put you in touch there. With, uh, with Daniel and see what we can come up with. Also this morning, we're talking about naughty children. Three, four, five, six-year-olds. Whose responsibility is it? Does it need to start at home? Or do we need better, stronger-willed teachers to instil kind of discipline and respect in them? Where does it begin? 08 459 455 555. And what the heck? Let's do your stories about animals being rescued. I know, I know, don't tell Roberto. He does the animal stories, shh. This is our little secret, okay? RP needs to know nothing about this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
9: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, queuing between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. In Bricketwood, the north orbital very heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Watford, the A41 is slow southbound between the North Orbital and the M1 Junction 5. On the speed sensors in Bedford, Bromham Road looking slow, heading towards the centre of town. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much.
3: So, 08459 four double five five double five. Primary school-aged children are getting naughtier and naughtier. Whose fault is it? We've got to blame it on the parents, haven't we? They should be shaping their kids into model citizens. Speaking of model citizens, here's Simon. Local and vocal across
8: beds, hearts and bucks.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's eight o'clock, the headlines, primary school teachers facing worsening behaviour, fifth arrest in Bedford murder inquiry and former MS boss to advise Buckinghamshire Health Trust. BBC Three Counties Radio. Primary school teachers across the three counties are having to cope with a decline in children's behaviour over the last five years. According to new research, the Teacher Support Network survey suggests more than a third of primary teachers say they've thought about leaving the profession. Dr Neil Hawkes founded the value system used in many schools.
6: Yesterday I was in a primary school in Buckinghamshire and the early years teacher said a four-year-old had come into school and put his fingers up at him. These trends are happening and I'm not blaming anyone particularly. I think it's just uh, a way that society is going.
1: Police have arrested a fifth man in connection with the murder of Isaac Stone in Bedford. The 19-year-old was stabbed to death in Costin Street last month. More from Lee Agnew.
0: Yesterday, detectives named an 18-year-old man they wanted to speak to as part of their investigation into the fatal stabbing on January the 25th. Police say he contacted them himself early yesterday evening and was taken into custody. Three men arrested on Wednesday evening and another arrested yesterday morning are still being questioned.
1: A boat was severely damaged by fire on the Grand Union Canal in Bletchley last night. The river cruiser was moored by Stoke Road. Firefighters and the Water Rescue Unit were called just before 8.15. The fire service say everyone was accounted for. There are warnings of torrential rain this morning in areas already affected by the worst floods in living memory. A storm which has begun lashing the West Country will cover much of southern England in the coming hours. Firefighters in Hertfordshire rescued an elderly and disabled man from a car stuck in floodwater at St Paul's Walden near Hitchin yesterday afternoon. The former boss of Marks and Spencer, Sir Stuart Rose is going to become an advisor for the NHS concentrating on 14 trusts in special measures, including Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust. More from Adam Brimelow.
0: Sir Stuart Rose acknowledges this is a big departure from retail, but he says good leadership, motivation and helping people to do things differently are crucial to the success of any organisation. He'll also report on how to bring in the best leadership talent. He offers unpaid expertise from the world of commerce, but officials stress the role of private firms in the NHS will be outside his remit. The health union Unison says the NHS is fundamentally different to the retail sector. It's accused the government of courting celebrity.
1: An injured man had to be cut free by firefighters after a two-vehicle collision in Milton Keynes last night. It happened at 8.45 on the V2 at Tattenhoe. In sport, Team GB are on course for a first gold at the Winter Olympics as Lizzie Arnold goes into the second day of the women's skeleton with almost a half-second lead over the rest of the field. And Bedford Rugby Club's match at Ealing tonight is subject to a midday pitch inspection. The weather, more heavy rain expected to spread north through the day, gales as well, a maximum temperature 11 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk/3counties.
3: Thank you Simon. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC 3 Counties Radio. If you've just tuned in, you missed Catherine and myself wetting ourselves on air earlier on. Literally. I've just just posted it on the Facebook page. It's on Twitter, at BBC3CR. It's also on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Lots to talk about in the last hour of the show before JVS9, including... Primary school children are becoming naughtier and naughtier. Whose fault is it? Do we need better teachers or do we need better parents? Fire Brigade came out and rescued a dog stuck in a rabbit hole the other day. Should the Fire Brigade be rescuing animals or is it a waste of resources? Oh, and it's the last day of the week. It's February the 14th. Who cares? Just give us a call about anything you want, to be honest. We'll have a natter. Let's have a natter, innit? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. I'd rather you gave me a phone call, though, if I was completely honest. 08459 four double five five double five.
8: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, new research suggests teachers have been dealing with an increase in badly behaved primary school pupils in the last five years. The figures for secondary schools, well, they're not that much better either. The Teacher Support Network says the situation means staff are more likely to suffer stress and depression and that could affect their ability to teach. Well, primary school teacher Neil Sankey is the secretary of the National Union of Teachers for Luton. Uh, Neil, how long have you been teaching primary school kids? Um, 23 years. So you've... okay. Have you noticed things getting worse in terms of uh, primary school behaviour?
26: Generally, no. But what has been significant over the last five years is that um, lots of special needs schools have been closed down or there's been... Severe limits on places, so you you've tended to get a lot a lot more children with um, specific and general learning difficulties coming into primary schools, and with them often comes quite severe uh, behaviour problems.
3: What what uh, kind of learning difficulties are we talking about?
26: We're, to- we're talking about children children on the autistic spectrum, yep. children with um, ADHD. Um, it, uh, and even even some you know, dyslexic children can um, have behavioural difficulties. And how
3: does that affect um, the rest of the class and how the teacher operates?
26: Well, the, uh, you know, if you've got one or two children or even three in some classes, you know, they can, they can be highly disruptive. I mean, often you will get a learning support assistant with such children, but not always... And there is this emphasis now on uh, when teachers are being observed by, by members of the senior leadership team and Ofsted. There is this focus on behaviour, and the Ofsted criteria actually says if any child needs to remind about the behaviour, that lesson cannot be classed as good. So you, you have got this real negative reinforcement about behaviour, and you've also got the issue of, of safeguarding, which is very important in schools. Um, and pupils, children are safeguarded really well, but teaching staff are not. There's, uh, uh, and th- there needs to be a greater awareness that teachers also need safeguarding, especially when they're dealing with children who, who have challenging behaviours.
3: Learning difficulties and challenging behaviours to one side. Let's talk about the, the, the other children, in inverted commas, a word I hate to use, but I can't think of a better one, the normal uh, children. Uh, what What's their behaviour like when they start school at four or five? Do, I mean, do they have the basics, like please and thank you, like sitting and listening, like, um, you know, not swearing?
26: No, well, it, it, I mean, it, it depends on, on the area the children have come from, very much. I mean, I, I, I heard a, a governor speaking on the program earlier from um, from Farley and Ilsbury, and she was saying that, that children there come in with problems that that, that, are, that are, come from home, and it and it is very dependent on, on on culture. For instance, if you've got children from from Asian backgrounds, from Muslim, Hindu, Sikh backgrounds, they tend to come in. To school with a, a very good framework of, of of behavior expectations and there's quite and there's a lot of respectful uh, why is teachers. that do
3: you think neil what, what are those families doing that's that, that's different
26: well i think they I, I think they come from a culture where teachers are respected and i think uh, over over the last and it's not just five years but it's over the last 15 years but certainly under this Present government, teachers are not respected at all. You know, the the um, minister for education, Michael Gove, constantly sees teachers as as his enemy, <laughs> and uh, you know that's not a way forward for education. And but
3: but five year olds aren't going to going to pick up on on what Michael Gove's saying, are they?
26: No, but um, but uh, what I'm saying there is, is is that there is a culture. Um, Within within uh, within uh, England in particular, but in Britain generally, where teachers are not respected, and teachers are being judged all, all the time on on negative criteria, and uh, you know, and they're, they're actually when you have got an increasing amount of children with uh, learning difficulties and behaviour problems coming into schools, then there needs to be you know more support, more respect. and more resources there are there are
3: of course a, a great number of excellent excellent teachers and i'm blessed that my my little boy's primary school teacher is just a godsend she's absolutely magical with them but there are neil i'm sure you'd agree some teachers that well they're just not very good with kids are they
26: well i mean that's 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 true but the vast majority of of teachers are extremely professional very good and and very good with children and that's why and that's why they come in the profession you find in the first five years of, of teaching about um, to, uh, about forty percent of young teachers leave, and they ta- they tend to be the ones who are not you know up to scratch. Um, not up to scratch, and 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 it's a very uh, you know teaching is a very difficult job. It's much more difficult than what than what people realise. You're not just teaching. You're counselling. You're listening, and you are. Uh, also being a model for, for good behaviour. And schools do have well-structured uh, behaviour policies. And, and, you know, the vast majority of schools and the vast majority of children are very well, very well behaved.
3: Neil, if, if uh, uh, a member of your union came to you because they were stressed or depressed, what would the advice be?
26: I, 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 I mean, I have had this quite recently with a couple of primary... Colleagues coming to me uh, stressed and depressed because of behaviour in their classroom and a lack of support um, from parents, from the management in the school. Well, my, you know, what I say to them is, is contact the teacher support network because they have trained counsellors who can, who, who you can, who you can speak to. Well,
3: there are specific counsellors within that network for teachers, are there, to to, to help talk them through the issues?
26: Yeah. Well, any, anyone who works in the education uh, profession can get into the Teachers
3: uh-huh. Support Network. Neil, thank you very much. Neil Sankey there, Secretary of the National Union of Teachers uh, for Luton. Your thoughts on this one, please. It seems... All fingers seem to point to the parents. What do you think? Oh, eight four five nine 455 555. Whose responsibility is it to instil a little bit of respect in those little blighters?
11: That's some interesting views on the text, if you care to read them. All right, all right. Just been giving you
17: the text for about half an hour. 1333, three, start your message with 3CR. CR. The text will be charged at your local standard current network rate. And I will enforce the reading of the very best. Well, if you
3: button it, I'll read them. Go on then. I will. Do it then. I'm about to. Get on with it. If you button it, I will get on with it and I will do it. Thank, Thank you. As an IT technician, says Wakar, working in primary schools. I was shocked to hear a kid say to the deputy head, "Can I read this out, Catherine? Can you not substitute?" Well, f off you silly B. I mean, that's kind of that's that sort of. Oh, st-
17: sorry, that's my text.
3: <laughs> this, this is from Wacker. As an IT technician working in primary schools, I was shocked to hear a kid say to the deputy head, um, "F off you silly B." I blame the parents as discipline needs to start home. That is, Waka, in- if that is tr- true, I have no reason to doubt Wakar. then that is incredible. That's incredible. I remember um, uh, swearing in a classroom when I was very young. I didn't know what I was saying. And the teacher, what, what was that? I was terrified that te- A teacher might have heard me swearing When I was in, um, when I was in It was grammar school but It was a grammar school in Slough So don't get too excited We had Mr Hardy Our German teacher Who was Wowsers He was very very strict uh, And I had um, a, 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 My rough book In the back of the rough book I had lots of uh, uh, Urdu phrases Written out But like the naughty oh, ones Oh yeah you've
11: told me about those before The naughty
3: ones And I'd write down all the swear words In Urdu and Hindi I know them all All of the good ones And Mr Hardy went What's that in your book? I got the cold sweats. My heart sank into my stomach. I, nothing. Nothing, sir. I was 13. Nothing, sir. What? Look, let me have a look.
13: Uh, no, it's nothing.
3: I had to give him the book. And he looked at me, the strictest teacher in the school. So then, Ian, why do you need to know what is in Urdu?
11: Um.
3: Uh, And he he gave it back to me, he said, let let me never see that book again. I got off with it.
11: But secretly, as a languages teacher, he's probably delighted at your interest. He was over
3: the moon. He was over the moon. Um, Gareth Steele from Milton Keynes says, uh, you only have to visit any zoo to see how bad parenting has got. The kids run amok and the parents do nothing to keep them in check. I've even got hit by children and the mums and dads just laugh and say, oh, bless. You suggest maybe the teachers need to man up. It's the parents that need to. They need to stop taking the easy route and start instilling manners and respect. Oh boy, my boys—I I, I like to think would never hit anybody. If they did, they would be given short shrift and they would be made to walk over there and apologise immediately. But they do it when they hit. When they hit another kid. Of course, they hit other kids. Ah, ah, ah Go over and apologise to, you know, the boy. Shirley. Uh, it's the parents' responsibility to instil good manners and good behaviour in their children. Thank you very much, Shirley. 08459 four double five five double five. a quarter past eight. Let's get the travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
9: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Harpenden, the High Street looking slow on the speed sensors southbound, that's at Station Road. And in High Wycombe, the A404, slow between the Handycross Roundabout and Maidenhead. In St Albans, the Hatfield Road looking very slow approaching the Roundabout. And the M25, anti-clockwise, struggling between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
3: you, Alice. Interesting email from someone. I'll read it in a few minutes about bad behaviour and what we should be doing to stop it. Eight sixteen. It's Friday, the fourteenth of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio primary school teachers across the three counties are having to cope with a decline in children's behaviour over the last five years that's according to new research the former boss of Marks and Spencer Sir Stuart Rose is going to become an advisor for the NHS concentrating on 14 trusts and special measures including Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust and in sport Bedford Rugby Club's match at Ealing tonight is subject to a midday pitch inspection keep listening to BBC 3CR for all the updates on that
8: BBC Three Counties Radio Video. Saturday from midday, it's
22: all about the food. It's like a disco on your tongue there. It's fantastic.
8: <laughs> Local chefs showcasing simple, straightforward dishes you can try at home. Well, it's a dish which has been around
2: since the 18th century. I can imagine it hot with ice cream and almost put in an ice cream. That'd be nice. This is a thick, heavy, lovely, cloying, comfort food of a dessert. All mixed
8: in with amazing stories and great music.
22: I'll tell you what, that takes me back to my childhood, pudding. Hmm. That just transported me back to being a kid.
8: Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen, Saturdays from 12, on BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Yeah! Boobity-bub-bow! <laughs> <laughs> That's Nick Coffer, who, as we all know, is the real boss of this place. Yes. He's the real boss of this place. I had a nice chat with Nick Coffer the other day. Did you? Yes, I did. Did a lovely chat. Right. Spoke about you. Did you? No, we didn't. I was no, just trying, no. to try, I was trying to get some kind of intrigue going there. Oh, I see. But uh, no, oh. didn't, 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 you didn't come up in the conversation right. once. Oh, nice. Didn't come up once. Hey, do you think Roberto's going to be angry with me? Why? What have you done? An animal story. You did an animal... Roberto does the animal stories. I know, I know, I know. We were talking about a a tinkle stuck in a hole. Oh, yes. And it was rescued by firefighters. We were kind of going on the firefighter angle, but it's sort of verged over into the animal angle. I called the fire brigade once
25: when my cat escaped... Now bear with me because this sounds terrible, but it was it, genuinely. I'm shaking my head, dear listener. I know, giving a disapproving look. I know, but you must wait till I tell you the story, and then you'll perhaps get an slight inkling. So it was eleven o'clock at night, and I was staying at my father's house, and I, I took the cat with me. Obviously, he likes to go for these little nights out, and. My father left the bathroom window open. Well, my cat's a house cat. He's not used to being outside. So he gets out the bathroom window, Yeah. and I realised the cat had gone. So, I, you know, it's, it's late at night. I yeah. got a bit panicky, so I got a torch, yeah. and I went outside, and I'm calling his name, and, and he was gone. All of a sudden, I looked up at the roof of the house, yeah. and at the very top of the roof, on the chimney pot, it's like a little chimney, and then there's four little round I've, things. I've seen a
3: chimney, yeah.
25: There is my cat, Pip. Clinging to the side of the chimney pot at the very top of the roof. Yeah. So and he was right up at the top. So I thought, how on earth am I going to get all the way up there to get him?
3: So what? I thought, well, you-? why was your well, your thinking was how am I going to get up there? It wasn't how am I going to get him down from there. No, he was
25: terrified. Oh, for He was states. frozen at the very top of the. So I thought, right, I'll phone. I'll phone the fire brigade. I didn't phone nine nine nine. Obviously, I phoned the local fire brigade. So I phoned the number and the guy answered. And I said, look. I said, I totally understand if you've got a fire on, you might be a bit busy. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, if, you're not, if you've not got a yes. fire on, is there any chance someone could come around with a ladder and help me get my cat down? Because oh, I don't know how to get up there, and it's really high. So the guy said, no, sorry, we don't come out for cats anymore. You'll have to do it yourself. So I spent the next two hours in the middle of the night with a series of step ladders. Oh, Jonathan. Putting the step ladders on the roof of the house. Oh, God trying to mount the roof i mean i could have fallen again. to my death of course you could have done many people would hope i would have done but well, i didn't yes i had to climb my father's roof to try and grab the cat what happened i grabbed it yeah Took two hours i nearly died did you not stand at the foot of the house with a bowl of um, tried that biscuit Tried Come that, on, pip. Pip. Tried that. Pip. made no he was
3: terrified she not throw things at him to try and What, to just knock, knock him? him off the. D- so he fell off the roof. A cat can climb. A cat can even an indoor, Mine's, girly of, cat mine's like a yours, pedigree cat. Oh, for goodness' sake!s Even a he the, has no instinct. Even a big poncy cat like yours could he f- manage to get? D- sorry, I've insulted one of your children. It, but even a cat like that could have <laughs> climbed down from a chimney if it needed to. It's
25: a cat. It's it's an instinct. But I trim his claws and everything. He's not even got claws. (laughs) He's got little blunt claws. Poor little chap. I just thought he was going to fall to his death. I couldn't allow that to happen. I'm glad they told you to jog on. I really am. But I thought it's a bit mean. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. If they were attending to a fire... Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But if they were just all sitting around, you know, doing their gym business or whatever Watching they did. die hard.
3: Was it really too much to ask them to come around with a ladder and just help me get the thing down? Can I just say, those are the opinions of Jonathan Vernon Smith, and not in any way my opinions at all. I think he's talking complete and utter guff, as per you. But a lot of time, when
25: firefighters haven't got a fire to attend to, you know, they're waiting. Now, they could have come round. And if there was a call, they could have gone somewhere else. I would have understood if they said, look, sorry, we'll, we'll be back later, but we've got to go and deal with this fire. But no no attempt. I could have died.
3: You're broken Britain. <laughs> Seriously, you're, you're broken Britain. People like you. Do you reckon? You're Benefit Street. Oh, gosh. That's what you are. I'm Benefit morning? Street. Yes, you are. You're um white D or Black D. You're one of the D's. I'm fungi. I've not seen the programme. Is there someone is which one's fungi? Is he the one that married a fifteen year old? He's the former drug
25: addict. Oh okay, you're fungi. Coming up on this morning's big phone-in at nine, is it fair that people who make allegations of sex crimes remain anonymous? Former BBC Three Counties radio presenter Dave Lee Travis has been cleared of 12 counts of indecent assault. The courts could not decide on two alleged assaults, which may or may not go to a retrial. Speaking outside court, the DJ, known as DLT told the BBC that he'd had a year of hell, losing his home and his reputation. Meanwhile, those whose accusations remain unproven in court will wake up today without having undergone the public exposure that Mr Travis has suffered. Well, this morning from nine, I want to hear your views on this. Is it fair that the people who make allegations of sex crimes remain anonymous, while, of course, we name those who are accused. Your phone calls, your views. 08459 455 555. Call 08459
8: 455 555.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Should be a fascinating listen. 08459 555. Now... Just talking about it, I can't believe he called the fire brigade to rescue his cat. Any, any lo- remaining bits of respect I have for that gentleman have just gone straight up the chimney pot. It seems Buckinghamshire firefighters didn't spend the whole weekend pumping out Marlow. Sp- I'm immune to it now. They spent at least two hours pulling a dog out of a rabbit hole in Woobham Park. Yeah, the owners of Tinker the Terrier, that's his name, are delighted. I'm a little bit surprised, though. I thought that the fire brigade, as, as we heard there, had stopped going to rescue animals like this. Jamie Newell is the Secretary of the Bedfordshire Fire Brigades Union. Morning, Jamie. I, I, I thought that, that fire brigades had stopped rescuing animals. Have I got that wrong? <coughs> well, good morning, Ian. Um, well, in a word, yes. The Fire and
27: Rescue Services Act 2004 has a section in it where it um, enables a fire authority to enable any action it deems necessary to basically prevent harm and life um harming life to people plants or animals so uh, uh, as it stands that regulation still stands
3: plants
27: yeah also well, with regards to um environmental protection
3: oh okay right uh, the west midlands fire service charges i think it's about 400 quid an hour for rescuing animals so sh- should we be seeing more of that
27: i think when you're talking about um Charging people for attended incidents, you need to start looking at what is the bigger picture. So, if we talk about the risks coming up to the Fire and Rescue Service, one of them is privatisation. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of the boiling frog theory. I've not heard of the
3: boiling frog theory, no. Well,
27: if you drop a a frog into a pan of boiling water, it will jump out. Yeah. If you drop it into a pan of cold water and switch on the heat, gradually it will cook alive without realising what's happening. Right. And that's what's kind of happening with the Fire and Rescue Service, because... What? different parts of the service are being uh, privatised gradually. So training departments, um, the, the appliances themselves, backroom services, and another step to that would be to encourage the charging of us attended incidents. And why should the public pay for a service that they're already paying for?
3: Well, if it's non-essential service, like rescuing a dog out of a hole, uh, and it costs a fortune for the fire brigade to go out to it, then, then maybe they should. Well, well,
27: why is it not why is it more important to rescue, say, someone than it is to rescue an animal?
3: Do you really need me to answer that question, Jamie? Well, an animal's, you know, a pet is something to that person, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but a pet um, isn't as are, important we're as, we're as a, a baby in a house that's on fire. Well, fire. if a, if a whole-time fire,
27: um, fire station attends an incident such as an animal rescue, they're there and they're being paid anyway. Now, with regards to your comments that we're just at a station waiting for something to happen... Generally, we're out training the community on home fire safety or going around businesses and making sure that they've got
3: fire... Yeah, they weren't my comments. They were Jonathan Vernon-Smith, and, and I did distance myself from those comments. Okay. Uh,
27: well, well, fair enough, but uh, the point still stands is that you know, we're not just sitting around waiting. We are going around...
3: But, Jamie, you're before. not seriously comparing a terrier called Tinker stuck in a rabbit hole with a baby in a burning house?
27: <clears throat> well, there should be cover to provide um, response to both incidents. Now, as cutbacks happen over the next couple of years, then the chances of that happening are gonna be, you know, less there's gonna be less appliances to go around.
3: What effect do you think charging might have?
27: Well, personal experience, I know that I've been to a lift rescue one time and it was at an old people's home and the lady inside the lift probably being about eighty, eighty five years old. Now it just so happened that I asked one of the staff how long the woman had been in there for. And they told me she'd been in there for four hours. And I got sick to my pit of my stomach and I was disgusted. Anyway, once we rescued the lady and we sat down to talk to the staff for why it took them so long to call us, it was because the, the last time um, a service had responded to them, they said, if we come up then we're going to charge her. So the consequence was that this, this uh, group of people waited uh, for, I think it was over four hours, for a lift engineer to come out on a Sunday morning before they decided to call us.
3: So hang on, sorry, who, who, somebody, but the fire services said they were going to charge them. Yeah,
27: because the, the Fire and Rescue Services Act does have a section in it where it says um, a fire authority may be entitled to charge or may not charge when they attend something called a um, uh, special incident or special service. So in this instance, this, uh, this premises had previously called a fire service out to do a lift rescue, and whoever the officer in charge was didn't deem it uh, an emergency and so they said if we come out again we'll charge you and the knock on effect was now that this uh, son's mother grandmother was sat in a lift uh, for over four hours waiting for a lift engineer to come out on a Sunday morning because the people with the premises were too scared to call us out in case we charged them
3: Well there needs to be consistency doesn't there if you're going to, like baby, fires and babies and things like that, that's free old people in lifts, that's free um, terrier stuck down rabbit holes, 400 quid an hour, that kind of makes sense doesn't it
27: You'd have to agree well, with not that. Really, not really, no, because oh. where do you start drawing the line? Uh, with animals stuck it, stuck down holes. No, but if you if you start doing it for one, people will just expect it to happen, and then the more it happens, the more um, acceptance there is in society for it. No,
3: happens. no, not at all. If you if you draw the line at rescuing animals, cats stuck up trees, hamsters under floorboards, dogs stuck in rabbit holes, those are chargeable. If people are involved, that's a freebie. No, There's I'll your line. Agree. Well, I wouldn't
27: agree because, oh. like I said, that that um, that pet, that family pet, means everything.
3: Oh to yeah, family. I know. But listen, if my cat got stuck up a tree. I'd be worried about it. I wouldn't bother the fire brigade about it though.
27: Well, I know, I know people that have had animals that have been stuck and called out the fire service. And shameful, know, shameful make, waste, make, waste make of it.
3: shameful waste of resources.
27: I would disagree with that. Like I said, you know, we do provide a service to the public
3: and that's what we're there for. Jamie, thank you very much indeed. Jamie Newell, Secretary of the Bedfordshire Fire Brigades Union. Um, Oh, I mean, look, I've had a text here. Oh, God. Oh, dear, oh, dear. You and your big mouth. Right, so I was talking about... Morning, Sam. I remember you, Sam. I remember Sam. How funny is that? Right. Okay. so we're talking about chess clubs at school, Okay. And I remember um, that I, I used to play chess with Duncan Smith... He used to live in the Royal British Legion. And uh, one day, he beat me. I got angry. I picked up his queen, and I dropped it in his uh, flask of tomato soup. Now, Duncan had a fiery temper anyway. Mm. He was bonkers, to be honest. He was a lovely bloke He was bonkers. And he went nuts! He went nuts! <laughs> he, he, he laid into me. He laid into me. Well, Duncan's sister, Sam, who I remember very, very well, his younger sister has, has been in touch. Hi, Ian. This is Duncan's sister, Sam. I understand you just told a story about dunks and a chess game, but I missed it. Oh, blimey. Bl- 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 probably... <laughs> probably a good idea you missed it will it be available to download later oh blimey no uh, he's not been very well recently and this may cheer him up a little bit Sam
11: I don't think so I
3: think it's going to make him worse
11: although the memory of beating seven shades out of you might bring <laughs> a smile to his lips it might,
3: <laughs> it might get him out of his sick bed uh, can
17: always go and listen again
11: you
3: can go and listen again Sam how lovely to hear from you Sam listen I've not seen Duncan for man alive 25 years up wow. wow. I am sucking up a little bit uh, Sam you can if you go. And Listen again, it'll be on there. Send my best to Duncan. I hope he gets well soon. And uh, how lovely to hear from you. Sorry, Catherine. I
11: thought you made Duncan up. No, Duncan was a real guy. Duncan, Duncan Smith. you know, because you dunked
3: as quick. No, no, he was a real guy. I remember he always had a handkerchief. They're from Doncaster.
17: Oh, I don't see many handkerchiefs nowadays. I'll show you one. Careful. Oh, you, uh, oh, dear. Oh, that's old. How long has that been in there that's for? That's fresh
3: this morning. Fresh this morning. Sam, lovely to hear you. Send my, uh, send my best to Duncan, and I hope things pick up for him. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
9: BBC Three Counties Radio. The A5 northbound, struggling as you pass Dunstable at the moment. And also on the speed sensors on the Harpenden Road approaching St Albans, things looking very slow. In Boranwood, the A1 southbound, queuing between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. The M25 anti clockwise, things easing now between junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40 public transport has no reported problems i'm alice gloss at bbc three counties radio
4: across beds hearts and bugs
8: this is bbc three counties radio
1: With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. A fifth man has been arrested over the murder of Isaac Stone, who was stabbed in Bedford last month. The 18-year-old who comes from Bedford handed himself into the police yesterday evening after detectives named a man they wanted to speak to. The former boss of Marks & Spencer, Sir Stuart Rose, is going to become an advisor for the NHS, concentrating on 14 trusts in special measures, including Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust. Unions have accused the government of courting celebrity. And primary school teachers across the three counties Are having to cope with a decline in children's behaviour over the last five years, according to new research.
4: Three Counties Sports, BBC Three
8: Counties Radio.
1: Team GB are on course for a first gold medal today at the Winter Olympics as Lizzie Arnold goes into the second day of the women's skeleton with almost a half-second lead over the rest of the field. Bedford Rugby Club resumed championship action away to Ealing this evening, although the game is subject to a midday pitch inspection. There are two changes from last week's defeat to Bristol, with starts for Charlie Clare and Joe van der Molen in place of Scott Sperling and Paul Tupai. Darren Fox returns after injury among the replacements. In tomorrow's football, Watford hosts Middlesbrough in the Championship in League One, Milton Keynes-Dons are at home to Oldham. Stevenage resumed their relegation battle with a trip to Rotherham. Despite being bottom, manager Graham Wesley says his side are making progress.
23: We are where we are in the league. We can't do anything about that. But it's funny, people look at it and think you're bottom. Um, we were rock bottom when I came back. In terms of form, 14 defeats in 17, is rock bottom. Um, we're bottom now, which is a big improvement on where we were. We've taken 20 points in our last 17 games. So Stevenage
1: is on the rise. In League Two, Wickham are at Cheltenham. Conference leaders Luton host Hereford with the pitch cover in place ahead of today's latest downpour. Here's assistant manager Terry Harris. At
16: least we're doing something to to alleviate the problem anyway, because... uh... I think you know. The, I think we do shed loads of rain tomorrow, by all accounts, and um, so hopefully that that will be down and uh, it- it'll help the situation.
1: And in ice hockey, Milton Keynes Lightning are through to the English Premier League Cup final after a five-four overtime win at Manchester last night, gave them a ten-nine aggregate victory. They'll play Basingstoke Bison in the final. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Simon, sorry, I, I was, was half listening there. You know
3: I don't know a lot about sport. Was that gentleman really trying to justify the difference between rock bottom and
1: bottom? Oh yes, yeah. What, what yeah. is the difference? Um, not a great deal, I think. But um, I think I, it, there, there was something. There was, you know, there was something in it. I but couldn't really I think hear if what if you were
3: saying. It was muffled by the sound of someone clutching at straws.
1: <laughs> I think that. I think you might be right there. Yes, there's there's rock bottom. There's bottom, and there's well, I mean. it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's bottom, isn't it? I mean, Simon, really. <laughs> Excellent, thank I've, you very much. I've done much. my best to
8: explain. It. Thank you. Beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. Wow. BBC
3: I mean, Three <laughs> <Panties really low. laughs> Yes, it was muffled by the sound of someone clutching at straws. Glenn, what on earth do you want?
10: Well, I had an idea, because I like doing things for charity, and I'd oh, like God. to... No, 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 don't oh. listen. Oh, yeah. When you're away on holiday next time... Yes. I'd like to
26: come
3: in and produce Kelly and, and uh, Catherine for, what, a, for a show. What? In a movie? Your your show. What? Uh, okay, right, hang on a second. How much uh, production experience have you got? Zero. Right. But I do do a quiz on a Wednesday in my local pub. Hey, give, give us a question. Give us a question. And also, uh, I helped Mark Dean uh, on BBC Radio Northampton do his soul show We, don't, we don't talk about those guys. Not after uh, oh, all right, n- n- Not after what happened. Uh, OK, so you <laughs> want to produce and you've got no experience. Perfect, it's perfect. Fine. You're in really good company. Um, okay. Can you make tea? Glenn, away you go. It's uh, the Kelly Betts and Catherine Boyle show. Yes, in that order. KB1, KB2. Produced by Glenn. My mic's off.
17: Glenn, tell us, produce us. Tell us what you want us to do next.
3: Oh, right. Well,
22: you've caught me off the
3: cuff now.
17: Well, this is what we have well, to, to, what to do to him. We have to
11: sort of um, tell him exactly what to say in really simple terms, mm. because otherwise he just doesn't well,
15: I've got no s-
12: speak. I've got, no, I've got no script, have I? Well, I we got don't topic.
17: have a script. You've just got to think, think, think. Do it. What well, would make just think so exciting what, radio? What does, what does Ian do when he's got nothing to say? <gasps> oh. He never a stuff, what would make really exciting radio? You tell us, and me and Kath will do it. Okay. Right,
26: exciting radio. Things like why do people still drive in the middle of the
2: lanes of the motorway?
17: Okay, we'll go with that one. Okay. Hey, Kelly. Hey,
11: Kath. Things like
2: that.
17: Well, hang on. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Kath. Do you know what really winds me up? What winds you up, oh,
11: Kath? You, people a, driving in the middle of the road. It, people talking in the middle of my sentences. People <laughs> driving in the middle of the motorway.
17: Why do they do that for Why the do they do that? There's lanes either side. Let's ask the listeners. Yeah. Listeners, call us now. Why do you drive in the middle of the motorway? Oh eight four five nine 455. 555. How's that, Glenn?
12: That's fine. That's great.
17: What else? We haven't had a call and yet. I'll think
26: of some, and I'll think some other things as well.
17: All right, okay. give us a shout when you thought something else. All right, then. What do we do in the meantime? Just sit in silence?
12: Uh, we'll have some tea.
17: Oh, OK. Uh, I'll
12: make you a cup of tea. Own some bacon sandwiches as well.
17: Oh. I think he might just have I what it he, takes. Yeah, you, you sound like you're have you know, I can I guarantee
10: know. I can guarantee it would be a good laugh.
17: Oh, yeah, it'd be that. Well, I've, I've had, I'm having fun already.
10: All right, and I'll bring some chocolate too.
3: I can only apologise for the last uh, four minutes of uh, output here on BBC Three Counties Radio. I think what that uh, little uh, latsy, that little scene, that little example shows is that to put on uh, a performance such as this, weekdays between six and nine, is actually flipping hard work, yeah? I make it sound easy, I make it sound shambolic, that's how good I am. I'm like Les Dawson when he plays the piano badly. You can only do that if you are a superb penis. And I am a superb pianist, and I am making the show sound deliberately clunky, but actually, it's brilliant. Glenn, you ain't a producer. Kelly and Catherine, really sorry. You ain't talent. There we go. Thank you very much indeed. Right. Last 25 minutes of the show, or then it's about 08459 455555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, talking about the fire brigade. Uh, oh, Peter's on the line. Let's go to Peter first of all. Morning, Peter.
22: Good morning, Ian. Peace be with you, brother.
3: Thank you so much. That's exactly what I needed today of all days. What have you got for me? Well, I've got a horse and a chess story. Oh, please tell me uh, it's a horse playing chess look funny you should say that but no
15: Loing. um i lived in a village next door to the village pond which was very substantial and uh uh horses would go by on a regular basis yes two two horses tripped by with very young riders two young ladies okay and uh, up the hill they went. how,
3: how young were they uh,
15: about 12 wowzers okay and uh this huge cement lorry came down uh the opposite direction and, of course, he's got to stop. The air brakes are applied. <laughs> there go the air brakes. Horses shied, threw off the riders, galloped straight down the hill, oh, over it. the fence, lash, And all you could see was the horses' heads above <laughs> the <floor. laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but the, it was easy rescue because the fence just had to be cut away and the horses were led. To
3: and who rescued the horses, Peter?
15: Uh, it was a guy with the stables just round the corner. They weren't his horses,
3: but uh, it was a. Ch- See, the far- I was just speaking to someone from the Fire Brigades Union there, who, who who doesn't think we should charge um, for for rescuing animals. He, he had a, a slight agenda. I noticed that he's he's concerned about the privatization of the Fire Brigade by stealth. And if there are horses trapped, then yes, I, I, maybe the Fire Brigade should go and rescue them. But dogs with their dogs stuck in rabbit holes, Peter, really must have been bloody great rabbits, mustn't they? Well, mustn't they just? Massive, massive,
15: massive. Chess story. Yep. My two-mile mile walk from home to secondary modern school, but when I was that age, many, many years ago, uh, we used to have a mobile chess set, um, and it was chess all the way to school, every school playtime, all the way home. Chess, 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 chess.
23: Drove everybody mad.
3: Oh, I, I like it. I always wanted one of those um, uh, chess sets, those robot chess sets that move the chess pieces by itself. Well, did I dream yeah. those? They look magic, don't they? They do, they do look magic. And I, I was such a geek as a child, Peter. I really was such a geek. And I do, I do love a good game of chess. I have no one to play chess with anymore. I'll be around tomorrow. Peter, I shall see you there. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to... Tr- well, <laughs> don't sigh. What's the sigh for?
11: Well, we, nev- we kind of always know what you're going to do. Go on.
3: Um, why don't we start a chess club on the show?
17: Yeah. I'm in. I'm no. in. 100%. Can you-,
3: can you play chess? Yes. Okay. Well, then, uh, uh, next week, and we forgot to do diary special this week. Thanks, guys. Uh,
17: yeah.
3: Bring your diary I was in. avoiding that. Next week, uh, Kelly and I are going to play chess on the show. Live.
17: Can Glenn produce the game?
3: No, he's, um, I don't think... Can I be off? No, you're going to be on. We, um, I once another radio station that did a whole hour's worth of radio where we played Uno live on air. You know the card game Uno? Yeah. i got an idea. Not, not finished the story. Oh, sorry. Uh, we played Uno live on air with listeners. I've still got an idea. So many complaints. And I think maybe we got the wrong game. Is that think, why yeah. you got fired? I think che- I didn't get. F- I did get fired from that one. Yes, that, that, may be, that was one on the list I of reasons. I
17: think that might be
11: a little bit um, elitist, Chess.
3: Well, no. I let's have an no. Idea, still. Please, Kelly. I no, you can't. Please, I think.
17: Can I just say what I was going to? No, please. Can I just no, say
3: my right? Stop it. Let's deal with the elitist issue first. Let's not sink down to their level. Let's bring them up to ours.
11: I think we should be aiming more past the pigs in chess.
3: Oh, for goodness' sake, Kelly.
17: My idea. Um, we could play chess during the links of the podcast next week and Kath commentates oh, no. that gives somebody one I'm not person sure. an extra reason to get the podcast I'm not
11: sure I week. want Catherine
3: involved in I'm the, not the chess sure game I'm not
17: sure I want me involved either I'm
3: not sure I, now I did you say you're not sure you want to be involved yeah I'm pretty sure I don't want to be involved I want Catherine to be involved in the chess no. game
17: she can commentate
3: yeah go on
17: And now someone's moved another thing, that one that looks like a novel.
3: Oh, oh, hang on a second, hang on. But she's reaching
17: out to the audience of... uh, You know the little knobbly one? That's gone forward.
3: Hang on a second, here we go. I know why Kath doesn't want us to do it.
17: She can't play chess! She can't play chess!
11: Actually, it's deeper than that. She can't play chess! Do you really want to know why I have a problem with this? The bishop. It was all part of my my dad's scheme in my youth to turn me into a well-turned-out Victorian lady. Yes. In that he paid me to learn poetry... As if we were going to do that in the parlour. I don't know when. He the, paid you to yes, learn poetry. He paid you to learn poetry. He tried to teach me chess. He paid
3: you to. How much did he pay you? And what Ten,
11: poem? A five fiver a go. Tiger, what, tiger, five burning bright a, in the forest of the night. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy like perfect symmetry? He paid
3: you a fiver £5. a poem. Yeah. Wow. That is brilliant. I'd love that. I would totally have done that. How old were you?
17: Um.
3: Twenty-five.
17: Eleven. That's that is a, a good idea. That's
3: brilliant.
17: Better I than washing would love the pots. To pay me for something. He wouldn't let me do a... (laughs) What?
3: Oh, goodness sakes. Oh, wait. I would love love to be paid to learn poetry. I could do that. Let's be honest. All poems, all poems uh, are rubbish. Apart from the fellow who did the um, Sugar Puff advert. What? The fellow with the hair. The honey monster. The honey monster guy, but the guy that did the advert with him. Not the guy from Benny Hill. You know, there was a documentary about him on BBC Four recently. The punk guy. Oh. John Cooper Clark. Yeah, him. His poems are great. Everybody else's poems. Whoa, whoa,
11: whoa. John Hegley. Brilliant.
3: Hegley's great. All right. Hegley and Clark, the only two decent poets, the uh, the only people I would allow to read poetry on this show are Clark and Hegley. Do
11: you know why he was paying me to learn poetry? Because I wanted to do a paper round.
3: Sorry? He thought it would be safer to keep me in. (laughs) That's bonkers. The late 1960s were mental, Catherine. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five is the phone number. I'm right. Poetry sucks, doesn't it? It really does. And there'll be people spitting out their, their sugar puffs now as we speak. But poetry does. I never allow poetry on the radio unless it's Clark or Hegley. If they want to come on, man, they can come on and recite as many of their rhyming couplets as they'd like Oh eight four five nine 8459 double, five, double, five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call.
11: Spike Milligan, he was good as well.
3: He's not going to come on and do poetry, though, is he? No,
11: but he was good. Uh, yeah. I don't know if his poems there were There are that. holes in the sky where the rain comes in, but they're ever so small, that's why rain is thin. Did you get a fiver for that? I should have.
4: It's four lines. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
9: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bedford, the A6 approaching the centre of town looking quite slow and on the speed sensors in Chorley Wood on the A404 at the junction for the M25, there are queues at the traffic lights there. Between Cheshunt and Enfield, the A10 southbound very slow in patches and in Borenwood, the A1 southbound is queuing between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Alice, thank you very, very much. Had a very, very angry text in which, if I'm honest, I do agree with the sentiment. I'll read that out shortly. Before that, 8.46, it's Friday the 14th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A fifth man has been arrested over the murder of Isaac Stone, who was stabbed in Bedford last month. The former boss of Marks & Spencer, Sir Stuart Rose, is going to become an advisor for the NHS, concentrating on 14 trusts in special measures, including Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust. And in sport, Bedford Rugby Club's match at Ealing tonight is subject to a midday pitch inspection. Keep listening to 3CR for the latest on that. Let's get the weather
18: now. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
18: Well, we've got uh, a yellow warning, or the Met Office, a yellow warning in place for rain until 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. After a bright uh, start and fairly cold start to the day, it will start to cloud over and we've got uh, rain spreading northeastwards. Now, that's also going to bring some strong south-to-southwesterly winds. We're looking at 15 to 25 millimetres of rainfall, perhaps even more than that locally, with temperatures reaching 10 or 11, perhaps 12 degrees Celsius. Now, tonight, the uh, showers continue after the bulk of the rain has passed and they're going to be fairly heavy perhaps falling as hail on higher ground there'll also be increasing winds so the winds actually peak in the early hours of the morning and we're looking at 50 to 60 miles per hour perhaps in excess of that with temperatures down to 6 or 7 degrees now tomorrow we we'll continue with strong winds but also blustery showers it all starts to ease later on in the day though just gradually but we should have some glimpses of brightness through the day with temperatures reaching 9 or 10 degrees and on Sunday really it's going to be our rest day We start off with patchy frost. It'll be brighter and drier. The winds should ease. But on Monday, we've got another wet and very windy day to come. That's your latest forecast.
8: Weeknights from seven. This is Mark Forrest.
18: I cannot imagine
16: writing <laughs> on a laptop or a keyboard. It'd be so alien to me. I'll be
25: shining the spotlight on the best of BBC local radio.
16: I went by sea from Liverpool
20: to Montreal, and as we came up to the dock in Montreal, I just burst into tears with pure joy.
12: Hearing from you. Oh, that's a lovely thought. I <laughs> we should never call now. <laughs> Sharing your stories.
24: I used to come home from work. I'd get in the hot tub, sometimes on my own, sometimes from friends to come. Around.
8: This is Mark Forrest. Weeknights from seven. Just
24: relax
8: me because it's my evening. On BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: OK, now here's a, here's a text. I'm glad my radio has "off button. I think she means off button, Shirley. You mean off button. I'm glad my radio has off button. I like Ian Lee, but can't stand them two people you got with.
11: Who did you get with?
3: I'm not sure. I think she means you and no. Kelly Betts. Remember the Christmas party? Mm. Yeah, you see. Thank you, Shirley. I couldn't agree more. And uh, do you know what? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna make sure they're on air much less next week. <laughs> oh, wowzers! Uh, let's have a little look here. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. By the way, um, Mark Fishwife in Bedford recently on Radio Four. A school had an after-school club where children could be left for up to an hour after school finished. However, some parents didn't turn up for sometimes an hour after that without arranging it with the school. The school decided to charge these parents for their inconsideration and as soon as they did this, more parents started to be late. People will pay to be rude and inconsiderate because they think this excuses it. The same will happen if the fire brigade introduce a tariff for pet rescue. They'll be called out all the time at all hours to rescue cats in trees and on roofs and people will expect them to attend every time. But that's fine, because they're paying for it. And if the fire brigade aren't doing any other things, then it doesn't matter. They're paying for it, so that's all good, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, 08459 five, 455 555 five is the uh, telephone number. Catherine, I've lost that email, that long email. Where did, where did it... Um... Oh, you want to talk to me now? Well, I mean, only because I want something from you. OK,
11: well, I have it here. I'll forward it to
3: you. OK, Let me. while we're doing that, I'm going to read an email from, uh, from Dan that sent in about naughty children. Ian, I'll, I'll keep this short. He doesn't. I originally come from a different country further east where children education starts in home. My opinion is that, uh, that education of a child and respect starts at home. Uh, if we did something bad, we knew that there was a belt by the door waiting for us when we arrived, and not to keep his britches up. We had to make sure we behaved so we don't get the cane. I can say, hand on my heart, that I grew up healthy. It's the old, uh it didn't affect me. I have my own beautiful family, I have a managerial position in the company I work for, and I know that is due to my parents being rigorous. Yeah, I don't think you should hit children. Once you start hitting people smaller than you, you've lost the argument. We can't, we can't teach children through fear and shame.
11: I've never felt the need to smack mine.
3: I can see how in in times of great frustration, people um, with less tools in their tool belt would do it. But I would never do it. I, I can see how out of a moment of anger and frustration you... you, you, you but I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I, we, we, can't, we can't rule our kids through fear and shame. It doesn't work. I must
11: admit there have been times when I've shouted at them when I probably shouldn't have, and I felt so guilty about it afterwards yeah. that I thought, gosh, imagine if I had smacked them at that point. Out of my frustration.
3: Do you know what I think is a great punishment that we should, we should have more of? I want to get... I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to surprise my wife, because I think she'd probably disapprove. What,
11: she needs to be punished, does she? No,
3: no. Well, you, you never know, actually. Get a big wall made of Velcro. Oh. Right? Yeah. And then get them in a Velcro suit. Yeah. If they start messing around. Get, get, stand up on a chair! This is know, elaborate. Stick them up on the wall! Stay up there! Until I've, you have calmed down and learnt your lesson.
17: Only works when they're small, though. That's the flaw.
3: Stick them on the naughty wall.
17: They would love it. I would love to be stuck on a wall up high. Can we
3: get a Velcro suit and a Velcro wall for here? Yeah. Yeah?
17: I yeah. think we could do that, yes.
3: Excellent stuff. This, this email's quite long. I'm going to sub it down. This is from Alison. Um, we're talking about the funeral director yesterday. We're talking to the funeral director, John Good, yesterday, who is an amazing gentleman. Uh, and it's prompted Alison to read this email. I'm going to sub it down, Alison. I'm sure you'll understand why. It's very long. Uh, I waited 38 years to find out what happened to my twin sister Your discussion this morning about funerals compelled me to write this My sister and I were born 40 years ago in April 1973 I was born at 6pm, my sister followed at 6.08 We were two months early and there were other complications My mum was immediately told it was unlikely that either of us would survive the night She arranged for the vicar to come and we were baptised in our incubators at 10pm We both made it through the night but my sister died at around 4pm the next day The only time... Oh, isn't this sad? The only time my dad got to hold my sister was after she died. My mum was sedated so she could sleep. My dad told me once, one of the only times he could talk about it, that he sat in the nurse's station ripping up the cards that had started to arrive, congratulating on the birth of twins. My dad then had to arrange the death certificate and the funeral. He was given the option to not hold a funeral, according to my mum. My dad was told that if a child dies within 24 hours of birth, there is a choice about funeral arrangements. You don't have to have one. I then took a turn for the worse. Actually, I don't need to sub this down. I think we've got time to read all of this. I then took a turn for the worse, and arrangements were being made for me to be transferred to Great Ormond Street. My dad took the decision there should be no funeral for my sister. He didn't want my mum to have to walk behind a tiny coffin and watch her baby be put into the ground. I think he thought that neither of them could handle it, and with me seriously ill, he feared about how they could do it twice. I was transferred to Great Ormond Street, and eventually I got well. When I was around six or seven, my mum told me I was a twin, and my sister had died. As the years went by, I asked where she was. My mum told me there'd been no funeral and she didn't know. She'd had a great aunt who was a funeral director when my mum was a child. Uh, Rumours and legends about what happened to people who didn't have funerals were rife. My mum believed there would be no record of what happened to my sister and that terrible things may have happened, that she'd been discarded like rubbish. And Oh gosh, imagine thinking that's what had happened to the baby you'd lost. And at times my mum felt terribly guilty about their decision. I always wanted to find out what had happened, but I didn't want to upset my parents. So I waited. After they both passed uh, away, I wrote to the registry of the local authority where we grew up, and they replied fairly quickly. They told me my sister had been buried in a council grave on the 10th of May, 1973. She was laid to rest with... Oh, dear. I'm going to start welling up again. She was laid to rest with five other babies. A vicar was present and a small service was held around the grave with the vicar and undertaker. Over the next few years, the grave was used for other people and there are three adults buried with her. The funny thing is she's buried in the same cemetery as my granddad, my mum's dad. And that would have comforted my mum had she known that. I realise now that fear kept my parents from finding my sister's grave. That maybe there was no record of her, that they'd signed their rights away, and that if her body had been discarded, that they had been negligent, that people could have accused them of not caring. The problem was they cared too much. It would have destroyed them to have gone through with the funeral. For me, finding my sister showed that the funeral directors, the council and the church did care, that those babies were given a decent send-off. For me, it makes my sister real. She's not just a story told to me by my parents. She's not just a birth and death certificate that I keep in the bottom drawer. She's a real person that lived and breathed for a very short time that was given a decent, respectful and careful funeral. My only regret is I can't tell my mum and dad it's okay. Oh, it just gets sadder and sadder, doesn't it? I'd like to say that funeral directors do an amazing job in the toughest of circumstances. I thank them all. I'm only sending this, uh, sending you this in the hope that other people who've gone through something similar or fear that they have no family to take care of them, that they can take some comfort and maybe it will dispel some of the myths around the place of funeral directors in our society. Alison in Milton Keynes.
11: Thank you, Alison. Yeah. That's beautiful.
3: What, a, what a, an incredible story. Thank you very much, Alison. And I'm glad I, I had the time to read it in its entirety and uh, and not uh sum it down we've had some incredible stories haven 't we recently and i've got to say this this story about this um uh, this, this uh, peter jim green isn peter james green seventy two year old who died in high Wycombe this we have on the back of that story. We have uh, ha- had contact from three of the most delightful people. I've heard Alison's story there, incredible. Um, the, the the Undertaker we spoke to yesterday, John Good. It was John Good, yes, I think. He was. Amazing. And we need. To, we we're all in the office yesterday, going. We need to get on the on the radio again. We just don't know to do what. There's, there's a story in there that's waiting to be told, and we'll we'll work out what that is. And then the gentleman today from um, the, from Finders, the, the the agency that looks. For you know, for people who have no family looks for their next of kin. Do
11: you know it just goes to show Daniels, sometimes, sometimes these stories can look so unbearably sad that you don't want to talk about them at all. Mm. But actually it's like that thing that people say, look for the helpers. Yeah. There are some really wonderful people out mm. there who reinforce your faith in, in humanity, really.
3: Yeah. There'll be more on this story. I, I do think that Daniel, who we spoke to earlier on, he's, he's going to speak to the coroner. And if the coroner... Gi- it's, it's at the coroner's discretion, of course. If the coroner gives the thumbs up, then Daniel and his team have uh, very kindly said they're going to look into this uh, gentleman's life, this 72-year-old who died in High Wycombe um, and seemingly has no friends or family and uh, Daniel is going to have a little look into that and uh, see if they can find somebody. It's a fascinating story. We'll bring you more on that as it happens. Right, on a lighter note, the new podcast will be released later on today, probably about midday today. You can get it by going to the BBC Three Counties website. We also post uh, the link to that on uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. I'm going to bombard you with details now, so just bear with me. If you follow me, at Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E-E, on Twitter, I will tweet it as well. And it normally takes about 24 hours or thereabouts. If you go on iTunes tomorrow, uh, you'll be able to download it from there and you can subscribe to it. And I think there's about three or four that are up there. They stay up there for about 30 days. So um, you'll be able to find it there. This week's, I think, laughter, tears... Um, tedium. All of those, all of those things, are covered by this week's podcast. It really is the must-have internet sensation. The internet almost crashed last week because so many people were downloading the podcast. Uh, it's the best bits of the show from the week, and we record extra uh, little links uh, in between as well. So there's some new stuff that you won't have heard in the week. If you go to iTunes, uh, type in Ian Lee BBC, it pops up. Right, that's it. It's coming up to eight fifty nine. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. <laughs>
4: Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
9: BBC Three Counties Radio. The A5 looking slow in both directions now around Dunstable. And in Chorleywood on the speed sensors, the A404, that's the junction for the A25, M25, sorry, has queues at the traffic lights. Public transport still looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Alice, thank you very much indeed. Have a lovely weekend. Don't forget you can email me over the weekend if you've got any stories that you think we should be covering on the show and, and quite a few of the stories and quite a, few, a bit of the content we've had this week has come from people emailing us. So thank you for that. Uh, ian.lee, I-A-I-N, dot at bbc.co.uk. JBS is up next. Have a good weekend. Speak to you on Monday. Ta-ta.
8: And vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good
25: morning. Welcome to the JVS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone in. Is it fair that people who make allegations of sex crimes remain anonymous? Former BBC Three Counties Radio presenter Dave Lee.